everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Make the Difference Podcast. The co-host Chris Stewart today is uh, occupied, so he won't be in here with me today. It'll just be me and Paul Maganero. Paul and I met a while back, small business owner, jiu-jitsu guy, has a pretty interesting story from, he, he's actually in super good shape, but um, he has some health things going on that would make it very, very difficult for the average human to <laughs> want to be able to do jiu-jitsu. So uh, kind of the, the lengths that he went to actually be able to manage and do jujitsu and stuff like that's pretty fucking amazing i don't know anybody else that has his condition that is able to do it and i'll let him talk about that but without further ado paul brandon (laughs) (laughs) uh what's going on man oh nothing same shit like just uh got back from pan so it didn't end up the way i wanted to we can talk about that later on because we start talking about jujitsu and that's it. So kind of how we do it here, we like have everybody go back to their childhood and then just kind of where you're born, family, you know, cool. brothers, sisters, like grade school, talk yeah. about your fucking Fast and the Furious cars, all that shit. <laughs> so. Lowered truck yeah. and 12-inch uh, woofers. That was my high school experience. <laughs> that was your dream. Cruising University, uh, Mesa. Yeah, I'm from Mesa, so I grew up in Mesa. Were you born there? I was actually born in a suburb of Chicago. Okay. Uh, moved here when I was two years old. What suburb? Uh, Elmhurst. Okay. Is where I was born. Elmhurst Hospital. I don't know that one because I know some cities. I have some buddies that that live on, on in the suburbs of Chicago. I like to go back and visit in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Never in the winter. No thanks. It's it's brutal. Cold, windy, so shitty. Nothing to oh see. Nothing to ski. I had I had, a, I had my snowboard jacket on. I went probably like eight years ago in the winter. Me and my sister went over there to see our cousin and uh, snowboard jacket. We got off. We get out at O'Hara, and I I was shocked at how cold it was. <laughs> I mean, I had like my snowboarding jacket on. Uh, a hoodie underneath. Close. I thought I was prepared. No. The, the wind chill of that. Oh yeah, insane. Windy city, right? Yeah. So uh, it was the last time I went back in, in the winter. But I was I was basically I'm from here. Okay. Very. I have a little bit of family back there, but you know my whole family's here. My parents moved here when in uh, 1976. Bought a little home in uh, Mesa, uh, Mesa off of University and Gilbert Road. Dude, it's probably dirt back then, right? Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, nothing. There's nothing around there in 76. Yeah. That's I, crazy. Um, I lived off of uh, Lindsay and University. So I went to the grade school right there. I went to Mesa Mountain View High School. Okay. So uh, that's where I went to high school. And I just cruised, you know, early 90s, I was cruising that area. <laughs> <laughs> you have brothers and sisters? Uh, I have one, one younger sister. Um, okay. So you're the oldest? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm the oldest, and uh, she's a couple years younger than me. Same thing. We both just grew up in the hood right there. Um, What's the age difference between the two of you? Two years. Also, yeah. So the, so you were in high school. and Well, you were, no, you missed her in junior high because she'd been in sixth grade when, like, you were in eighth grade, right? Well, in Mesa at the time, the uh, oh, it's three, yeah. three years, they had ninth grade was in junior high. So, uh, that was, that's all I knew back then. I didn't even know like a ninth grade was supposed to be the peon of the school. You know, the freshman right, yeah, yeah. in our school, you were the shit, right? Cause you're a freshman. Cause you're a top dog. <laughs> seventh and eighth grade. Right. It's like, so like freshman sports, I wrestled, uh, the only year I wrestled was freshman year and it was at junior high. Gotcha. So, you know, I never wrestled at my high school. Yeah. And there's, I coached middle school for, uh, three or four years. There's some buddies that had kids. Like, we just stay in coach team. I'm like, I'll coach team. Like, but there's a huge difference between a sixth grader and a ninth grader. Yeah. Or a sixth grader and an eighth grader. Like, yeah. dude, like physically wise, you're like, yeah. man, that kid looks like a man. Eighth grade Mexican kid looks like a man. Abs, big old blisters. And there's other kids. It's like, dude, you look like you're nine years old. Yeah. 
huge difference. My kids go to a school, uh, one of them goes to a school out in Gilbert that's like, I think it's all, all grades through high school. It's crazy. Oh, dude. Yeah. So huge difference. Yeah, Mountain View is big too. Where's your graduating class? You know, I don't know. I, Dude, I, I was like 900. I want to say it was a thousand. If yeah. I remember right. But I believe back that. in those days, I think it's a smaller school now. Is it? Yeah. Cause there were a big five, eight school back then. Yeah. And back then it was, there wasn't as many schools as, as well, but, uh, my sister's actually a counselor at Mountain View now. Oh really? Yes. And, uh, but yeah, I just grew up around that area. Um, do you play sports when you were a kid? I played baseball. Yeah. I played baseball my whole, basically my whole life. So. What position? Usually center field. Oh, so yeah. So you were fast then. Yeah, it's pretty fast. Fast and you had some ups. Yeah. Um, you don't play no, for any slow guys. In I wasn't super tall, but, but I was a little bit lanky, a little bit taller than average. Right. But um, that was just my favorite position. You know, I mean, I only played through when I was 15. Gotcha. Um, I went to uh, try out for junior high and let's just say... There was some favoritism going on. It seems like that's common in baseball, dude. <laughs> Especially at the schools. I oh went yeah, to. I bet. Um, Coach's son's always on the there team. There's some, there some trash. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying I was great, right? But there's trash. Made it. <laughs> me and a couple. Of, me, let's just say, me and a couple of my friends that weren't in the the clique, yeah, didn't make the team, and you know, we knew why. Yeah. But uh, that's basically when I get into high school. I just started working. Gotcha. You know? I wanted the nice cars and. and Tang lower out. trucks, uh, yeah, lower yeah. Nissan trucks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a Chevy, so. Chevy S10, yeah, no, full size, oh, full size, A7. Oh, Andy A7. lowered it, yeah, that, that was uncommon back then, dude. Yeah, it was nice. You usually saw Nissan hard bodies or oh, like yeah. S10s yeah. or Ford Rangers. Had, all my friends had Nissan, yeah, yeah. So you were the big dog of it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you had a Chevy truck, you're like, damn, yeah, exactly. Uh, when I bought it, it had a a 305 that was just a dog. It just was terrible. That, that year, that motor was terrible. Yeah. I'm, I'm young. I didn't work on motors or anything, but my dad had somebody that he knew that built motors. So he built me like a, a little small block 350 and put that thing in there. And it was, it was sick. Oh, like, yeah. It, they it put a cam whole, in it, everything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It sounded like, like a, a boat on the lake, you know, it's dude, so that's, cool. Dude, that's money. I, I what color was it? To this day, I'm magenta. Okay, so I, I had a 79, no, 76 Chevy square body that was candy apple red. Like, that was my first truck, yeah. and I missed that fucking. That's yeah. the first one I built. I'm like, I missed that fucking. I'm like, God, why did I fucking sell that thing? I miss it to this day. But, yeah, uh, I'm like, I, I should have held on to that thing. Yeah, and, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't, in, I still know guys that still love trucks just the same today, but that just wasn't, wasn't my path. Right. Yeah, for sure. It, once I sold it, I got into something else. It, that was it. So what, uh, what'd you do in high school to make money? I was a, a server. At you can, you can make good money. Yeah. Then, dude. Oh, I was balling. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, so, what were you making a week? Uh, man, I remember I was pulling in like some weeks, like five, 600 bucks. In 1990. Like 1991. Yeah. You're killing it, dude. At Perkins restaurant. Yeah. You're making fucking 2,400 bucks a yeah. month. Yeah. So you had probably like, probably more like three, 400 at that restaurant. It was my first job. So, uh, I actually got hired on as a bus boy. And I said, I went in there and I rode my bike there. Rode my, my, I was like a sophomore. I, oh, so you were 15 or I something? I bike, yeah. Okay. And I rode it down. It was like uh, East Mesa on, on Greenfield or about Main Street in Greenfield. It used to be a, a restaurant out there. 
I worked at a Perkins for one summer. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I know the uniform and everything, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pay for tickets. Yeah. Pay for tickets, I remember. So these are the days when there was a smoking section oh, yeah. in the restaurant. In the restaurant. Yeah, I remember, in, dude. In this particular restaurant, there was no corridors. There was no halls. Yeah. It was one open area. <laughs> And half of it was smoking. It made no sense whatsoever. You're not getting secondhand smoke in there? No, not at all. No. If I die from cancer, that'll be... I'll, I'll remember <laughs> those days. I got lung cancer from fucking yeah. Perkins. <laughs> the thing is, to make 100 bucks at a Perkins, you had to wait like on 200 tables. Oh, yeah. For sure, dude. Like $16 tickets. Yeah, and uh, like dollar tips. Yeah. And the all gray hairs. Yep. So... But that's all I knew. And, and at the time, you know, it's cash, cash. I didn't have any bills. Yeah. You know, I had, I just had my truck and then you had all of that tight shit in your truck, yeah. Alpine, Roger oh, yeah. Fosgate, yeah. 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 everything and all the high end yeah. shit in that thing too. Man. My truck had a port. We cut, uh, cut mm-hmm. steel and poured it through into the bed. And we had four isobaric 12s in a box. <laughs> <laughs> the thing. Yeah. That was, a, that was the sickest truck yeah. in, at school, right? Yeah, it rocked. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh yeah, it's Mega Arrow's truck. Yeah, yeah for exactly. sure. Yeah. Uh, the, the license plate said Mango One. <laughs> <laughs> This is, how, I don't this, know, is how, this is how deep I went. You were deep. You're like Paul Walker deep, yeah, dude. Really. Like Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Dude. So, <laughs> oh, dude, I, yeah. can, I can just imagine someone leaned on your truck and I said, oh, hey, what no, the no, fuck no, you no, doing? No. Dude? You want to fucking choke somebody no. just for doing that? Oh, man. That's fucking awesome, That's dude. That's what it was. We were yeah. all about that. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. It was fun. It was those were the days. I entered in a tr- couple truck shows down in Phoenix and no, nah, they were like little shows, like yeah, stereo yeah. shows. Yeah, I might have got a little trophy. Yeah. But were you in a car club? I never. Well, I had a lot of car club friends. My, bro- my brother was in a car club. That's I never put a sticker on the back of my truck. Okay, but uh, yeah, Arizona's, my brother. Was Arizona's right. finest was our club. We had a. I had some guys. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Go out there. I, I remember I went cruising with with, with my brother one time, and uh, I thought it was the coolest thing ever because I'd never seen anybody do it. So I don't know. There's 15 people in their car club, 20 something like that. Yeah. Well, the first dude that pulls out of the fucking drive and a fries or bash whatever, he blocks both fucking lanes so everybody could fucking get in the line. I'm like, that is fucking awesome. I was like, I, I never got into it like my brother did or whatever, but yeah. I'm like, that was probably one of the coolest things. I was probably. Oh, my brother was probably 20, 19 or 40 or something. So I was probably like 15 or 14 or something like that. I was like, dude, fuck. Yeah, I didn't have any, even have a license. I had to be like 14. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that guy just fucking blocked traffic. That was so <laughs> awesome. And then, so they all stayed in lines. I, back then, I don't know if you had them on your shit, but it seemed like everybody in my brother's fucking car club had neon lights. Yeah. Yeah. So the fuck, it's a purple. I didn't green, have that, so. but yeah. yeah. I remember the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. They had, they had all that shit. We had this thing called Spring Splash. It was down at uh, Parker. At the river, yeah, over Lake Havasu, mm-hmm. and uh, every year this thing was huge. And we like this is how big we were. We were You're doing this in high school. This is like your parents let you go up, go up to Lake Havasu oh, yeah. in high school. Like, this oh, is like uh, we know fucking where. I want it. Maybe it was no. It had to have been high school. Yeah, it was high school. So I think it was our senior year, spring break, one of those times. Yeah. And they had this big truck show, and that's what we were all about. So like, yeah. we had like a caravan one. Way. Yeah, my friend had. Why wouldn't you? My friend, <laughs> my friend had like three sick trucks and cars. Three? Yeah. Holy his dad, shit! I just, all I remember the story is his dad was like an anesthesiologist, and this kid had he had a like when we were in ninth grade. He also was like a year behind. So he was like driving in ninth grade and he had like a sick lower truck. No one else, everyone else is on bicycles. <laughs> like, why is this guy, why is this guy 16? What's wrong with this guy? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. wasn't the brightest bulb? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not listening. Yeah. But uh, 
<laughs> he, he had he had some sick cars, but he had this he had a like a ninety I think it was like a ninety one Dually, brand new Dually, hammered Dually Dually. Yeah, back then that truck was probably thirty five thousand dollars, forty thousand dollars with a with a you know a, a thing on the back like yeah like, like the the camper tent on the back type thing. Yep, and inside was just like a wall of speakers a nintendo which was so cool to have in your <laughs> yeah, car sure, back then yeah. the, like, especially at the car show you're yeah, playing exactly. it yeah, yeah. and through the, time. through the speakers yeah. so you get you attract a crowd <laughs> you know like, you're 19 this uh, is so this is so shit, retarded, you know? right? yeah. you think about it 19 now i'm like hell yeah you know yeah it's like those are some experiences you wouldn't see a 19 year old kid do that now no no it was it was amazing because yeah. that's what we like to do it was so fun we we're so into it well know? cars freedom too dude yeah, like in like i couldn't too. wait dude i'm like god it's fucking yeah. free I'm like oh i'm just getting this thing and drive a fuck around like yeah, do yeah. And it just i don't my parents would never let me go on because <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they knew how retarded i was yeah but uh, yeah man but that's not what it was it was a party too so i saw for sure crazy, you know, it's like havis here yeah yeah so it was uh you know they had a car show during the day and at night it was just mayhem but some of the funnest times in my life right there but the, you know it's yeah people don't realize those times because it was just me and my bros you know yep. just a bunch of guys we all like the same thing you know it's like i don't know i see less and less of that with like just getting into something you know that you like to do as yeah. a group you know, I mean, I have kids right now too, and it's harder and harder to make like those close relationships. I think the world's are busy, right? Yeah. yeah. The world's busy, especially the last couple of years where people yeah. are just disconnected. Mm-hmm. I've seen this with my son. He's in high school. Oh, I know. Dude, how miserable would that be? Yeah, they don't like, they just. Did it, he start just, high school in, in COVID? Totally. My buddies, my other buddies yeah. did too, dude. It was like, it was the worst for him. Not to mention this, this uh, age of kid. They just, they're so into their computer anyway. Yeah. Which I get. I'm, a, you know, I'm not that old that I don't understand that. That's what this world's about now. Right. Honestly, they're all very dumb. Oh, yeah. They have friendships on there, but um, there is something to be said about get out of the house and go cause some trouble. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm with you, you know, I yeah. made it through. I should oh, be in I, jail. I was always smart. <laughs> you should probably be in jail too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was always the more responsible one, though. In my, I could see that. Like for I, sure. I could, yeah. like my friends. Actually, I found out later they used to like call me kind of names that I was like too oh, yeah. square know, guy, too square, yeah. you know. Yeah. But guess what? I was the only guy out of all my friends that never got a minor consumption. You gotta have one of those, those guys in the group though, because if you don't, then you all end up in jail. Exactly. <laughs> because because you're not saying, oh, this can't. is a fucking dumb idea. Let's not do this. Come exactly. on, fucking, let's go home. I've saved my friends' ass many, many times. Oh, I'm sure, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you have to have one of those dudes. Yeah, you just uh, have to. If yeah. not, you're fucked, dude. You're gonna be dead. Well, th- those are the dudes that, that you hear about. Hey, so and so, and three of his buddies rolled their car on Saturday night. Like, yeah. there's nobody saying slow the fuck down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need that guy dude fucking chill the fuck out so. yeah because even still it's like you're still gonna get in trouble i mean i was trying to be i'd be i try to be safe and not get too trashed a lot of times and you still run into trouble you go to a party yep. back in those days i remember when i was just like getting you know beyond high school getting out of that party stage that's when like I first started seeing guns at parties and hearing yeah. gunshots. I was next to the dude who got shot yeah. in high school. I'm like, Crazy. what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Now, you know, now I feel like it's like in the news every day, you know, about parties and you know, maybe not so much out here, but yeah, not, not in the good neighborhoods of like yeah. so-and-so called. I grew up in a good neighborhood. Yeah. You know, so 
But I think it back just then, did, yeah. it just didn't. There was just way more fights. I agree. Well, because it wasn't like you you'd get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Like I can't remember in third grade, like the principal called my mom and said, "If he gets in one more fight, we're gonna have to suspend him for a day." That was the seventh fight. <laughs> like now, <laughs> you fucking, you know what I mean? Eight chances. Yeah, for sure. Now it's like one chance and you're suspended for a fucking a week yeah, exactly. or something like that. So like, it's totally true. Yeah, like they're so. Yeah, it's well, the so. Principal different. could swat you back then. I know. I, I went Teachers could. Yeah. When yeah. I was in elementary school, people would get swatted. With with like a pat. Oh, Miss Jennings got me fourth grade, dude. Trust me. Yeah, she got me. Yeah. I find that old lady. I'm going to beat her up. Think about that today. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way. No, dude, you, you can't even, because I have friends who are teachers, you can't even take a cell phone from a kid. No. Like, that's the, crazy. Yeah. They're like, it, it, that's nuts. You kidding me? Like, that's the toughest nothing. job there is. There's no way. Couldn't do it. They don't, they don't pay him enough. No. Wow. Not at all. All right. So, <laughs> 19 car shows, working at Perkins or yeah, whatever. So I, moved on to, uh, um, I went to, moved up in restaurants. I worked at Black Angus. Oh, those yeah. are big tickets. Yeah. That's a $100 ticket. Bigger, bigger ticket. And it was yeah. on Camelback and like 20th Street. There was okay. one that used to be down there. It had a. Uh, and he drove far. He didn't get shit. I lived in truck. Tempe at the time. Okay. Um, I had moved to Tempe. I bought my own townhouse when I was 19 years old. You fucking are responsible. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I thank my dad for that because he's like, you need to get out of the house and uh, I don't want you to rent. Let's make a good decision here and get you an investment. So nice. he helped me purchase, you know, I had some cash. Yeah, yeah. He helped me purchase a townhouse in, uh, it was, man, this, another big part of my life was just living in that townhouse during, I mean, now I'm at You're 19 in Tempe. What are the crossroads? What are the crossroads? Like talking Southern. You're right by ASU. Right. Come yeah. on, dude. Yeah. What else are you going to be doing? Beautiful. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, that's because there's no college kids that rented any no, townhouses. It's time to party. <laughs> it's time to party. And we did. Um, but you know, it was, it was cool because I bought this place for, uh, $50,000. It was a HUD repossession. So back then you could get access to these. There wasn't like the investor market that there is. Today. Yeah. You had to be kind of savvy. Like my dad was, he was like, yeah. okay, we're going to look for a, yeah, your dad was, and uh, he was they up, still have those homes. They're just so hard. Like, well, they're, you don't want to move there exactly to that neighborhood. Cause, cause I did one and they do them for police, fire teachers and something else because a, a, a family friend had a son as a teacher and that's where they, that's all they could afford. Like that's like Bob, but they would give them like, uh, like, I don't know if they did it for you. They give you like 125% of the value of the home so you can do renovations. Yeah. I didn't get that. So that's what we ended up doing for yeah. him. Nice. And it, so we just bought, we bought this place and man, I think my, my mortgage was like, my mortgage was four twenty five a month oh, and I had my two best friends live in with me and they, so you were making money. they paid me two twenty five a month. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't have to pay rent. So was it three bedroom? It was three bedroom, 1,750 square feet. That's a big condo, dude. Huge, dude. Yeah. It was, uh, it was two level. Uh, this place there, it's called Park Riviera. Still there. Still there. Yeah, it's still yeah. there. Uh, the place was not like it was thrashed when I got it. So we ripped everything out. I got all my, the work myself. Put we got new carpet in and put painted the place. It was like a, a just a pimped out. Yeah, for sure. Brand new bathroom. You're 19 and you have you exactly. own a townhouse. Yeah. So uh, that was it. That's where it started. And uh, you know, I just kept working and saving money. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, worked at. Uh, Worked at Black Angus for a couple of years, and it was it was the one on it was down in Phoenix, and it was cool because that one back in the day they would have sports bars inside Black Angus. Mm -hmm. I remember, and that's where all the Tyson fights were in the day. Okay. So we had all the pay per views. It was just fun. Yeah. You know, it was a fun job. Did that for a couple of years, and then uh, I worked at Mill Q Club for a while. 
Did you? Yeah, when it, the, in its first year. I have a funny ass story about that. Um, first year. That's how old I am. Were you a bouncer or? I was a bar uh, bar back or so like a yeah, okay, yeah, bar, yeah back, bar back bar back. <laughs> I remember my buddies and I went there because I bounced at Milani's in Tempe. Yeah, when I went to issue and uh, I went out with with group my buddies, me like I'm the smallest one. It's me, the other dude's like six three, two twenty five. Another guy's six ten, like two sixty five. Played professional basketball and then like somebody else well we go in there and my buddy has my my buddy that was 6'10 had the hugest ass well he fucking he his ass hits a fucking pint that's sitting on a speaker and knocks it off so the bouncer's going like hey you guys gotta go we're like dude he just knocked it off i go i get it i work at maloney's yeah just let's finish our beers and we'll fucking get out of here so what does he do he's like no he grabs my fucking hand so then my one buddy that's like 62 25 dumps the fucking beer on his fucking head i'm like oh my god so we fought the whole bar dude it came out into the street we ended up like running and i put three of them in a cab right there and i ran all the way i'm like baby fucking maloney's ran all the way across campus they made it there nobody got fucking arrested we drove back by there and they had shut the bar that's great. Uh, we were so stupid. What year was that? Oh, probably 99, something like that. Like 99, 98, nice. something like that. Yeah, like probably way after yeah. you were gone. Because 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 it, 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 it had been established for a while. Barback. I worked there in 96. Okay. Yeah, we, it had been close. Yeah. Uh, you definitely would have heard about it if fucking you worked there. These idiots came out Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> there was always something going on. I did, but I, I bounced a couple of nights there at the yeah. door. Well, if you're a barback, if something goes down, you're coming yeah, over exactly. the bar to hell. Yeah. Like, that's but you know it was i had never really worked in a bar like that before it was fun but and there's chicks how old were you then 20 yeah were 22 you, oh yeah so you could drink too and there's yeah. chicks that come in that bar oh, you're yeah. on mill yeah. like dude yeah i was 21 probably no i was 21 when i got the job and uh, i only worked there like eight months but I, we were going out every night yeah, you were living pretty good yeah drinking you know the whole everyone <laughs> after hours drink yeah after hours yeah. restaurants that's how the restaurant life was you know um it was it was fun, man. Those are some good times. That's that's what I did though until I decided to get responsible and get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next. That's the next chapter. What was next? Um, next was I, I was like, you know, twenty one years old. I was like, I have no clue what I want to do. Yeah. Absolutely no clue. I tried going. To, I had a couple years of education, uh, community college. I went to ASU for a semester, failed out because I just partied it's too not much. Really, too. Yeah. Uh, all I did was sit in the t- in the little square and look at, look at girls. <laughs> right outside the MU. Yeah, that's all I did. I was just like <laughs> skip, trying to get dates. <laughs> Sad. Or like Van Wilder. Totally. Yeah, but with no game at all. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's like uh, that's that's it. So I, I was just you know, and my dad had worked for SRP here okay. in town. Great company to work yeah, for. The, the utility here for uh, for many years at the time. And uh, he was just like, "Hey, you wanna you wanna see if I can get you, you know, get you in a get a job?" And so basically, he's gonna just vouch for me. Yeah. And he saw that there was a job that a couple jobs that I could be qualified for as entry level, and um, you know, he put his two cents in, and I don't know who he talked to, but I got an interview. And the first time I didn't get the job actually uh, because some other guy had more qualifications, and that's like I think it was three months later. Uh, they had another position. I interviewed again and I got the job and then I worked there for 20 years. Damn. Yeah. So, so you're 42, 42, 42. Yeah. What was the entry level job? So, uh, great company, you know, um, I started out as a trades helper. So I was, my dad was a lineman by trade. Oh yeah. 
and uh, he moved up into management um, supervision. He's probably doing okay. Yeah, he's yeah. retired now, but he retired yeah. as the. Uh, they still have a pension, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he retired as the safety manager of SRP. All the company. So <laughs> he was doing okay. Yeah, he was doing okay. And uh, my stepmom, who he is, he had been with most of my life as well, also worked there. So they both worked there. They both worked there for more than thirty-five years. They both had pensions. Yeah. So yeah. Um, good for them now. They're doing good. That's a long time. Yeah. Dude, they put years. in. You know. You know. My dad was a little jaded at the end. After yeah. How could he's you not seen be? It all. Yeah. How could you and not be? He, in my opinion, probably waited too long to retire, but he's loving life now. So he's been retired for a few years. I've only been a fire for 16 years. I was jaded a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. That's why I left SRP. So if you have made to 35. Yeah. Like, so, um, but, you know. Uh, so you're out like in the field doing fucking utility shit. Yeah, amazing. So, you know, one, time, one thing I'll tell, tell younger people, you know, it's like I tell my kids this. I tell whoever I can, go get jobs, get different jobs, do different things. Don't have your... You know, sometimes it doesn't pan out on what you think you might want to do. For sure. It's like, so if you have the chance, go get other experiences. Even if you've been in, you're sitting in a, do- a desk job somewhere and maybe it's a bigger company like an SRP, like uh, like an Intel, look for other opportunities in, in the workplace too. You know, right. Because maybe, maybe you're doing this analytical work over here and it's not your cup of tea. Maybe there's, so I just think that's valuable. I know it is. Now, For sure. I, being wiser, older, wiser, I have a, a, a vast amount of skills across different areas, you know? Sometimes you have to learn, like you have to do it to know that you don't want to do it. Totally. Right? Yeah, totally. there's just no way. Like, and, you know, um, that's kind of the thing with with the, the, the trades helper work. I was out in the field. Amazing work, dude. I'm, I'm 22 years old. I knew I did. Big electrical too, right? Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all electrical. Mm-hmm. Big electrical so. too, though. Not yeah. fucking like 110, 220. It's right. fucking like shit yeah. that when it arcs, it turns purple and green. You're yeah. like, what the fuck just happened, <laughs> dude? I, I, I thought that was one of the coolest things I've ever saw. I'm like, that is fucking cool. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's loud. Oh, yeah. So uh, you could feel it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy. Not only was I in doing that type of work, everybody, so when they all knew that I was my dad's son, we have the same name. Um, so most everybody, especially all the old guys are like, Hey, you're going to get on the apprenticeship. It was always that every yeah. day. You're going to get on the apprenticeship. They wanted to recruit me. They wanted, they knew I was a good worker. What year was that? This is 96. And what was the starting hourly rate at the time? I think it was $11 and 30 something cents. That's pretty good back then too. Yeah. For, for that job. And, um, and you know, throughout my career, obviously my, my wages, I would just go to different jobs and get higher wages. And, but at that job, um, I knew I didn't want to do that right. partially because my dad said, don't do this as a career. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. Those guys travel a lot too, right? <laughs> For this company, not so much because gotcha. it's a local, but in the industry, yes. Gotcha. Those guys, there's a lot of guys that travel different states. To yeah. They're gone work. all the time. Yeah. Um, really though, it's about the heat and just being outside. It's a grueling job here in Arizona. Yep. My dad did it for many years and he was just like, you don't want that yeah. or, or you're not going to. He didn't want me to go to the apprentice route because there's a smarter way. That's a commitment. Yeah. Doing an apprenticeship is like a college education in the in that field. Yeah. Especially through a legitimate company like that. It's a yeah. it's a very highly regarded Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. You're becoming like, an alignment or some sure. electrician. You're handling you have other people's lives in your hand. 
if you're a real guy, you know what a lineman does and you know how how dangerous it is and you know how much money they make. Like yeah. that's a real fucking job. Linemans have bumper stickers that say we rescue firemen. Shit like that. <laughs> Facts. They yeah. do. <laughs> I don't believe it. Yeah. We don't we, we don't shut off a big power. Exactly. We so, call it like an SRP. I don't remember. But, I mean, I just remember seeing that. That's the bravado that it takes oh yeah, to be a yeah, lineman, for honestly. Sure. And uh, you gotta be a little stupid. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, I've been on some of those calls where where a dude blew himself up. It's it's scary. Yeah, like whoo. Yeah. My dad was electrocuted. And okay. It, it, the, the voltage went through two fingers across this his heart and out yep. the other two. Yeah, they, they show us like at, at the fire academy, SRP comes down, they bring out their trailer and they put hot dogs on the fingers oh, and all that or, shit. Oh, yeah, 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 they go through all I've that shit that. too. So like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah. That, that's the first time I saw something arc purple and green. Oh, yeah. and, and you know, and I'm five feet away. I'm like, fucking do it again, dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It looks cool. It it's looks super cool. Yeah. So I, I was uh on that job. The it, so not only was I um, doing that type of work, but I was on this special crew that was basically called the the big crew. They would work on like 230,000 volts and higher. So these are the transmission lines that you see like in the parks okay. or seeing coming through the desert down into the valley. Okay. Um, Not like on the canals. Yeah, or in canals, okay. the right. big okay. giant ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big yeah. They're like on canals, yes. yeah. They're on you can hear them. Yep, yep. Yeah. If you hold up a fluorescent light up in the, in the air and and you'll you'll see that thing start to glow. I'm doing that tonight, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing that tonight for sure. So, but uh, <laughs> you know, those those are you know, in town you because how power works is that uh, you know the electricity is created at the generation point, and then there's transformers that they they basically step up the power and put it on the lines and shoot mm-hmm. it through at 230,000 volts all the way down here to the valley or wherever. Yep. You know, we have a, there's SRP has different plant. And those are, those aren't the small residential transformers you see in neighborhoods. Those no. fucking transformers gotta be just like big as a fruit they're, or something, right? Tens of thousands of pounds, like hundred, hundred thousand pounds, like Jesus. crazy, crazy, yeah. cute, bigger than this room. Bigger than this oh, room? Yeah. There's some that are like bigger than half this building. Holy fuck! They're huge. Huge. You gotta have some. It's like the wide load. Like I've seen them transport them. They're like you have to have like two wide load. Those big two semis. You have to close highways. Everything. How do those guys get their balls in the car to get to to work, dude? Jesus Christ, dude! They're huge. You don't see them because they're in these big yards. So those those ones are in these like huge yards next to the plants, where no one ever sees inside these yards. There's there's just. No. Hundreds of millions of dollars of equipment. When they could take out a whole fucking grid, right? Exactly. Yeah, so it's like, that's a terrorist like, fucking uh, thing. I went after 9-11, I was down at Palo Verde nuke plant. So mm-hmm. Palo Verde on the west side, if yep. you don't know, there's a, that's the nuclear power plant here in Arizona. And uh, we were doing some work in a yard outside of there. And it was like guys standing with military guns at the gate. This is like serious stuff right after 9-11. Yeah, All sure. kinds of checkpoints. Yeah. But uh, going back to my story, I got to work on this big crew that worked on these bigger power. So the power gets stepped up, gets put on these big lines. And then once it gets into the valley, you'll see it go. It'll go down into another transformer and that switches it like into 69,000 volts, which is like the stuff here on University yeah, Drive. Right. And That's the stuff we go on. Then those like the go fire down, department goes yes, on. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then those go down to the small transformers, which switches it into the power for your business or your home. Yep. So it's a it's a cool network yeah. when you know how to how it works. I get to work on those bigger projects, those bigger power play, uh, power lines. And the crew that I worked on, it was like they're like the toughest linemen in the business. Dude, they're, they're probably old salty dudes, right? They're all old yeah, salty badass. 20 plus years like on the job kind of thing. All yeah. Badasses. Yeah. Like you don't just cross you don't even cross them. You no. just do what yeah. they say. You know, it's like and they liked me because I was I would I've just always been the of the type 
And I see it not as much with young people now, yeah. but you put in, you do double Shut your work. Mouth. Yeah. Shut your mouth and do work. the job and do beyond the job. That's yep. how you impress people. Yep. That's how you get ahead in business. And shut your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shut you your shut up and do what you're Nobody told. Nobody wants you know? to fucking At hear from At some point in time, maybe you'll be the one helping. And you will be. Drive exactly. Yeah, you will be. You keep but, your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> that's what I did. And that's why they liked me, you know, but yeah. I knew I was, I was going to try to get Well, out. that's a good helper. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like, like in any... <laughs> In any industry, like paint helper or whatever, like totally. it's a good helper, dude. Like be there with the tool, like try and be ahead exactly. of the guy, all that kind of shit, dude. Do as much work, take the take the burden off what they're they're doing the dangerous work for sure. Okay. Um, just a quick story though, I, I posted this on my Instagram like a couple years ago, but it's a set of pictures, and it, and it explains what type of jobs we did. This one job, I just got to tell you, this one job, we have a special crane at SRP, and it's the entire thing is insulated, so it's it's yeah. I don't even know. It was like million dollars. <laughs> It's like a million dollar piece of equipment. I'm pretty sure. And um, this thing goes up like a hundred. I think the new one they have now goes up 180 feet. That's okay, tall. So I think, I believe the one I was on back in the day, the original was 150 feet. That's still tall. And um, they would, they use those to like in Mesa back in the day, some kid climbed one of those towers in the park. Mm-hmm. He was all the way up at the tower. And like, how do you, there's only one truck in Southwest. There's no fire department truck. Yeah. And it was yeah. that truck and they got him down with that. So, but what would happen is we, we would do these jobs in this one particular job. We're on the West side, out in the middle of the desert, people take their guns and they shoot the wires. So when they shoot those cables, it makes them less efficient. You mean hillbillies, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not out there shooting. I'd fire. say AJ, but we're on the West side. So yeah. you pick a city out there. <laughs> And, uh, you know, how often do they do that? All the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so SRP retarded. literally has to fly a helicopter routinely and inspect those lines. And they inspect them with special equipment and cameras. It's called Corona. So when you see, when you look through the special camera, you can see any frame corona. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the Corona from the power gotcha. it, it, it coming off of the wire. And so um, it's like a color in, it's a special camera. Yeah, you yeah. See that. So they would have they would have to patch this. Okay, I've seen the dudes hook it on yeah. like on some documentary I was watching. Yeah. So, so what they do is like this. It's like um, he's fucking hanging out of the helicopter. Bro, doing, it's right? where they do that too. But this is even crazier. So they put this boom up. So they put this this <laughs> million dollar piece of equipment out, and I'm watching. All, I took a bunch of pictures. So I back then, it was like, of course, there was no cell phone. I brought yeah. my literal camera, right? Because I was like, this is going to be some cool work. <laughs> So what happens is they put these, uh, they put that big, that big unit on outriggers and sits them up on outriggers. So the whole thing is on outriggers. Mm-hmm. Then they ground it all the way around. They ground the yep. entire piece of equipment. Then it's remote controlled. And so we're talking 1996. Yeah. Two big ass joysticks. Yep. Big joysticks. And they, they bring the boom up with a, with a copper rod. That's what attached, grabs the line, right? To put it right into the line. Oh, not even a dude in it. No, Dude, first to test it. Okay, I got to test it. it. So they put it into the line and they energize the entire thing. And they have to make sure that people are standing on everything. Like they go through all these tests oh, yeah. and, stuff and make sure like it's crazy. It can kill everybody. So then it's like, okay, we tested it. Now everybody get in. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> that just got real. So, uh, but talk about an experience. It was amazing. And, you know, I probably wasn't supposed to be up there. <laughs> You're I, honestly, I wasn't right. They like, you know, they, yeah. I wasn't doing any work. Yeah. They let me go up there and do like, I got to touch the wire. So, which, yeah. which is crazy to think. Could about you feel it in your hand? Yeah. Like, because, Whoa, so you have to wear these metal mesh suits. Mm-hmm. I have a metal mesh suit on. I have my hard hat on uh, leather gloves over. So I would stick. If you, if you know anything about power, there's like three phases basically 
these three big bundles of wires on those on those things to carry the three phases carry the power and if you in in you know you have to have a certain amount of clearance when you're dealing and working within that yeah because right? sure. you can literally an arc can come over and just zap your ass <laughs> so uh my my buddy or one of the older guys he's like okay put your hand up right here and i was just like put my hand up in the glove if, it was like almost like special effects the leather glove just started like rippling <laughs> just rippling on my <laughs> hand awesome. yeah and I, I had a shaved head at the time, so I would, I would, I could just, my whole head was like one of those glass balls <laughs> with the static electricity. Yeah, for sure. Amazing, dude. It was, it was crazy. And he's like, okay, grab the wire. So the, the wire is probably like, I know you can't see if you're listening, but I don't know, inch and a half, two inches thick, big old, big old cable. And he's like, just grab it. And I was just so afraid because I knew it was, it was 230,000 volts, Fuck, dude. but I was going to be like a bird on a wire. Yeah. You were going to be burnt out. I was a burnt out. Yeah, and sure. I just had to take the leap of faith. And of course I grabbed it and nothing happened because right. we were already grounded through, yeah. the, through the truck and through my feet being on the truck. But amazing, crazy work. It is crazy. So the craziest part about is Tony. I remember his name. This old school. <laughs> That's a good lineman name too. Tony. Tony. The guy was like on the verge of retirement. He's like, what the fuck? I'm doing this job. Yeah. This guy gets out because they couldn't get the truck. You can't have the truck so close to where you're doing the repair. I don't know what, what this was. So he gets out and he clips around the wire and starts shimmying. If you can imagine a guy... <laughs> Literally, because it's like imagine three three wires hanging in the air in a tri- in an upside upside down triangle. Yeah, it's American Ninja Warrior. Yes. So he's standing <laughs> on the one in the middle, and he's holding onto the other two. A hundred and fifty feet up, energized. No big deal. No, no big deal. He yeah. goes out there and yeah. fixes it and come back like just like a boss. Again, how do they get their balls in their His didn't fit at all. Can have like a separate vehicle. We car. put him in the trail in the trailer. <laughs> It's like Jesus, dude. That is a fucking killer story. That's the time. That's the type of shit I was doing. So um, I just did that until I. That was actually on a temporary assignment. So I had nine months to get a permanent job. That's how those work. Okay. They wanted me to apply for apprenticeship, but I I wanted the safe route. I wanted to get a job and get a a steady become become a full time SRP employee. So I actually uh, had a little bit of warehouse experience. So I ended up getting a job in the warehouse there and. Um, I worked with some great guys there and met a couple great mentors. And I was like a warehouse person for like seven years in the union. I was a union member. I fought, I like tried to get my way up to become like a working foreman. Yeah, that's yeah. what I ended up as a working foreman. I basically topped out in that position okay. uh, to be, you know, a non-degreed, yeah. non, I wasn't an apprentice. So I just had a regular job. It was a really fun job. Um, and, you know, these are the times when, you know, I'm in my probably mid twenties and I was raising my first daughter. Okay. So we had a, a young child. So, you know, I'm just in work mode. Did you have the job before? I mean, did, did you have your daughter before you started that job or you got the job? I had her, and I had her uh, like an hour, uh, like a year after I got the job. Okay. Yeah. Cause you had to get all grown up. A little bit. Yeah, exactly. I'm not supposed to grow up, but fuck, I'm, I have to grow up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I was a young father. I was 23 years old when she was born. So yeah, now you're not fucking around, right? No, exactly. Cause your whole perspective changes. So I was changes. just working, working overtime, working everything, trying to climb the ladder. Yep. And what I found was, um, it's hard when you're in the union and you're young to make waves because they don't like that. No. Yeah. They don't like that. Fuck is that new guy now? Exactly. Your problem child. Uh, that guy wants to be the boss. Well, guess what? I've been here way longer than him. Yeah. That was what it was. That's when seniority gets really stupid. That's was exactly like so what the dumb thing was. Trust me. I know. Yeah. I'm a fireman. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you feel it. You feel it. You know, I know exactly what you're talking about. And you know, especially it's like, and it's probably like this anywhere, but you know, there was some real, 
real losers that would just take advantage of oh for sure thing. you know it's yeah. like it just caused trouble but you know they didn't want to do the work but they wanted the credit or they wanted yep. the raise and yeah i was just out working people and i became the favorite by yep. my peers and by my supervisors and we got me opportunities well it's fucking hard to deny hard work right? yeah it is like, it, it totally is he's not doing that really you fucking <laughs> say it every day yeah <laughs> uh, going above, above and beyond yeah. you know making improvements that's that was a big thing i was always just like looking for stuff to improve like yeah. hey and i was close enough with my work informant at the time or my supervisor i'm like we could be doing this a lot better and just give them the sometimes they took the credit you know that's the yeah. type of person they are sometimes you know they give me the credit right um but that's i guess that's just how you want to work you want to just be i've always wanted to contribute yeah so any position i've ever been in i've always been the leader always like a in the restaurant business i was the trainer right just because i was like no you're not training that person right <laughs> <laughs> you know? it could you're be something as, wrong. as simple as that you know yeah. it's like but well it sounds like you're just a consummate coach right yeah, yeah. like i mean <laughs> You probably coach your close friends and family too. Not like on like whatever, yeah. but like on life. Like, hey, dude, that's a bad idea. And, and these are the reasons why these are a bad idea. I used to have a couple of friends that would always just come to me with yep. everything, you know. Yeah. And I didn't mind. And, you know, I have children. So once they start doing the same thing over and over, like, look, dumb fuck. Right. I just told you that. Like, no, what? That, yeah, yeah. That gets to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I worked that job um, just doing that, just doing that type of work. It was, it was, it was fun, rewarding. I was making, I thought, you know, in my 20s, in the 90s, making a lot of overtime money, which was nice. Yeah, you're probably killing it, dude. Yeah. You know, with your $425 fucking townhouse yeah. fucking payment. So I would, uh, you know, you'd work, they pay you like time and a half on Saturdays and Sundays, sometimes wow. double time. So, I'm, you know, this stuff adds up. Now I'm making 20 some bucks. Now. Yeah. Now you're at 50 like, bucks yeah. on a Sunday. Like, yeah, dude. So, um, I would just do that, you know, and um, until I was like, okay, there's no more opportunity here. That's what it came down to. There was yeah. no more opportunity. Um, I, I wasn't, I was kind of at a working foreman position. It's like, that's basically where I was stuck. So I, I was like, I'm going to get, I, you have to go to school, right? And yeah. I get a degree. And I, and I did choose that route. I, okay. I was like, I'm going to get an office job because at SRP, you have like 6,000 plus employees, maybe half of them are in the field on the union side and half are yeah. like corporate people. Yeah. I bet they really get along too. Yeah. So <laughs> it is definitely, I've worked many years on both sides and it's definitely a different, uh, it's definitely different, everything, the different culture and everything. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so bunch of knuckle dragger versus, you know, versus a bunch of people wearing slacks to work. That, yeah. yeah. That try to make all the decisions. They yeah. don't know what they're talking about. And they've never worked in the field. Like you probably got a lot more respect because you worked in the totally. field. And then totally. like, oh, and yeah. as did my dad. Yeah. And he, then, then it's like, Hey, he, he's fucking one of us. Yeah, exactly. Right. But you know, it's like anything big business. It's clickish. Oh yeah. And it's who, you know, it, I learned that over the course of my career, it's really who, you know, and who, is on your side more right. than your or who who you have to kiss up to like yeah, yeah. and like you're like me like i ain't kissing <laughs> exactly. ass fuck it i'm fine right here i've been there yeah <laughs> i've been there that's that was my hardest thing and it kind of lost, probably lost me a couple positions but that's just who i am you know i gotta it's gotta be something that makes sense but you couldn't look yourself in the face right like yeah. you're more like dude i fucking sold out like yeah. that that's the fucking worst no way dude so uh yeah i just did that and uh, i actually became a technician in uh, substation maintenance which is like we took care of all those yards i talked about the transformers and i just started like really learning how to run softwares we had a software system that um kind of runs so basically you have tens of thousands of pieces of equipment in srp's mm -hmm. fleet electrical equipment all of that has to be maintained right. all of it 
every year, two oh, years, yeah. three years, five. It depends what the manufacturer suggests. Someone goes out there and they overhaul that thing. Just like, right. a, like a toys are all do this, exactly. do that, whatever. Yeah. A lot of work. So, um, Seems like it's very similar to the fire department because yeah. same thing. We have all these apparatus. Yeah, exactly. They got to be PM'd every year. Yep. This, that, and the other. Yeah, blah, inspected. Blah. We're fucking breaks. You got to get down there, get a loaner, yeah. like all that kind of shit. Yeah, huh? totally. So. Um, so that's what I did. We had a software that ran all the maintenance. So I just started right. getting into that. I learned spreadsheets. I learned Microsoft, all the Microsoft tools on my own. Um, I just had it, you know, I was in a cubicle and um, I just, I was like, I got to get my degree. So I went back, SRP paid for my college. Perfect. So I went and finished my degree. I got my bachelor's degree. And a couple of years later, I went back and got an MBA. Nice. So from the Harvard of the South? No, no, no. But you know, I, that, that, those degrees really part of it was, I knew I was going to be working at SRP. So I'm like, that didn't help you. I got to have like, I got to have the ticket because yeah. at the time, especially with my master's, at that point, I had been doing tech work. I moved into an analyst position. So these are like bumps up in pay, oh, for sure. status, yeah. and responsibility. Um, I became a business analyst and um, worked my way up. I was a supervisor for a while. Um, but, you know, at those levels, the the extra education shows that you're more, you know, oh, yeah. committed. Yeah. You know? So it's like an extra ticket. It doesn't mean that... I'm going to be doing stuff that yeah. I learned in my MBA. Just going to check the box. But, uh, because well, you look at those people like in those positions, it's like, oh, he has, he has a bachelor's degree or a master's of some sort, right? Yeah. It's like, wow, that's your ticket to the dance. Yeah. And when you look, when you're going for the better positions, it's like, okay, we have, there's the candidates. You got Paul over here, so and so here, boom, boom, boom. This is their education. Okay. He took the extra time to do this. So did this guy here. Okay. Who do we, you know, it's, it's emotional. Yeah. It's who do we know? what's your reputation? Mm -hmm. You know, there's, I'm sure I was, I was always very vocal. So I'm sure I brought a lot of people the wrong way, but people that were out that used, utilized me or liked the way I worked, we did well. I mean, my projects were always successful. You're probably similar to me. People that love you or they hate you. Yeah. So there's there's really no middle. I don't know that a lot of people hate me because I don't ask. (laughs) And if I'm not going to tell you, no, exactly. um, But you know, that's just, it's it's a weird dynamic when you work for a big corporation like that. You have to. Uh, I, I always thought that you would get the best job. I would. I would. And I had a. I had a. Um, I had a, a director that came in and really woke me up one day, and he just he, he's he respected me a lot. I was probably in my late twenties and um, maybe early thirties, and I was an analyst. And he came in my office one day, and he knew I wanted to get into management. I wanted to climbed yeah. a little bit higher on the ladder and he came in there one day and this is my director. So my job was to sit at this desk. Right. He comes in and he says, you can probably, you know, you, 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 you can be the best analyst in this whole company and you might already be that because, but you're never going to make it to the manager position if, unless you get out of that fucking seat and go start talking to people. Oh God. Yeah. And start, I, go start networking. But he was fucking a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Relationships, right? That is how it is. It yeah. is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. That's what I found out in the end. Now, good or bad, whether I liked it or not. Right. Um, that is the reality. Because yeah. you can be doing amazing work, working outside. But guess what? They're going to just hold you right there. To oh, do yeah. that amazing work for sure. More. Yeah, you're crushing and it. More. Yeah. <laughs> you're killing it. Why, why, um, why the fuck are we taking away? And, and that is really when I started truly understanding that leadership required you to 
talk to people and right. care about the people. You know, maybe not in the, even in the corporate sense. Not yeah. that a lot of these guys did that. So especially me. if like you're in a supervisory or like leadership position, yeah, you have yeah. to be. Yeah, you have to be. And you it's more work being a leader. Exactly, it's more work, and that's why a lot of people don't do it. Right. We had a lot of managers, but very few. Leaders. Oh yeah, and that was a well-known thing. I don't think people really understand the difference between a manager and a leader. Oh yeah, I, I don't think people do. Like like Chris Chris has a good saying. Like good leadership, it's it's harder to find. It's like watching porn. Like you know what it is, which is which you really can't define what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I totally believe that. But yeah, there's there's a lot of people that can. There's more managers than there are leaders. Yes. Yeah. It, it, because it takes time. It takes. It takes you. It takes some savviness. Yeah. You, know, you gotta. You gotta be able to talk to people. You gotta be able to uh, work through situations. Some people don't want to. They don't. I. Have, I've worked for people that have no people skills whatsoever. It's literally go do the. You know. It's like yeah. you can really motivate and help. I, I would. I motivated a lot when I was a supervisor. Right. I thought that was a big part of why we were successful yeah. and why we were able to do more work. Absolutely. To keep people happy. To keep coach, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't do anything for that guy. But it is. Ta- it does take a lot, you know. So you have to. Well, you become last. It's yeah. very. It's, it's it's very very selfless. Yeah. Like, like very very selfless. But, um, because <clears throat> you can read a book on management. And you can and apply it really easily. You can read a book on leadership and not apply it very easily. Totally. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so much like, oh, yeah, that's just like, no, no, there's so much other things that go on besides reading that book. Like, yeah. It's more like a, here's your fucking general script. And then you have to go from mm-hmm. there. But manager's like, oh, yeah, you can put processes in place and this, that, and the other to be able to manage people better or totally. whatever, but not what and, and, you know, even, even at that, even in a place like that, it's even a little bit more different. It's even different because you might not like the work. Yeah. That's that's a big part of of what I experienced in some cases because you have a company here. This is your company. You you could be a good leader when you believe in something. You know what I mean? If you're a lot easier and motivated for sure. Totally. So I found myself in situations where, okay, I gotta somehow lead these people through this bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so hard, dude. So you know, it does it does require some skill and and, and, you know, so it gave me a lot of uh, it gave me a lot of confidence in, you know, and I dealt with all kinds of stuff. I, I was a I was an analyst up in the highest levels of the company where there'd be like I was in board meetings with the top five guys. Yeah. Presenting wow. stuff. Yeah. You know, so I'm like shirt and tie, like oh, you yeah. know, the whole yeah. the whole thing. Football and corporate. Yeah. The day before I'm like really thinking about everything, rehearsing. Oh, yeah. Like this is we would have meetings and all my PowerPoint shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Every type of thing. Oh, and, and not only that, but in, in some of these cases, I got to a point where I was like at the level where we're we're talking we're talking about Manipulating situations. Oh yeah. What we say? No, we're not going to say this. Let's say this. Yeah. That'll lead them to believe us on this. For sure. You know, it's like we're trying to get something signed off on. Right? It's like politics. And some of those guys are dicks. It's at like the top. politics. Yeah. Some of the guys are just complete yeah. assholes at the top. Because yeah. I remember I've only lasted five years in 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 in, uh, in corporate America, but I was an intern for Honeywell. Um, when I first started, uh, and I got to sit in a couple of those meetings that you were in presenting all the time. I'm like, that guy is such a dick. Like, why does he have to be such a fucking dick? Like, can you just be nice with those people? Cause yeah. they're just, sometimes they're condescending and they say oh, shitty yeah. things or whatever. I'm like, like, I remember thinking, I'm like, dude, if you were on the street, you could punch right in the fucking mouth for talking to somebody like that, totally. dude. It's so crazy. You're, you're exactly, you're a hundred percent right. It's a totally different world, man. Right. There was a guy that. 
he, what did he say one day? And I thought it was just hilarious because I was trying to, we were in this meeting. It was like with a vendor. Yeah. Okay. I'm always like trying to be cool. I'm not trying to. Yeah, yeah, dick. He pulls this out. This one of the managers. I was like an analyst. Yeah. So this guy was way above me. He was like a director, actually. Right. He's a really high guy. He comes out. He's like, I'm going to be the muscle in this conversation. He told us <laughs> that right before we go in. And I was like, dude, your guts, your guts gigantic. He, How are you going to be a muscle? He was the biggest dick. <laughs> I was embarrassed. We were all embarrassed for ourselves, for this guy. I was so embarrassed. I'd never oh. experienced anything like that. He was just totally kind of like yeah, over the top. Didn't, everyone in the room know what this guy didn't even know what he's fucking talking about. <laughs> and he's just like railing <laughs> into these guys. And even them are like, where did this come yeah, from? The it was so awkward. Yeah. But it was all because this guy wanted to show his authority yeah as a director it's weird dude it's so weird and, and then part of that's why i kind of became a little disenfranchised by it yeah, you know, yeah for sure so many years i was there 20 years and um to just bring it into the next chapter i on my on my, the day of my 20 year i handed my paper <laughs> I'm fucking out of here. And I did it on that day for a reason. Because yeah. at the time, my mindset was so anti. I was like wrapped up in a lot of drama. Like I, I had, I had been passed over for a job. I thought I was going to get. Right. Like I was really shooting for this, and I ended up, you know, I ended up in a really nice spot, but just yeah. around me just felt terrible. Like oh, it was okay. just. The whole situation. You're working a lot too, dude. It's, it's you yeah. know, it, I mean, I'm sure it, uh, every day. This was these are days where I just spend these 10, 12 hour days. Yeah, yeah. Not most days, right? Day yeah. So um, go eat in the cafeteria. It, it was, <laughs> was like, fuck that. This is like 2016. So it was just like every night I remember I'd go home to my lady and I would just bitch, you know, or, or not. Yeah. I'm not really? sitting there crying about it. No, what you're complaining about fucking today. Yeah. This is going on again. It's like every day. And that's how much it was because there was a lot of projects going on at work. You had all these personalities. The director wasn't running the show very well. You know, that's just, yeah. I was just like so fed Just up. a fucking mess. And to be honest, I was also um, ready to, I, I wanted at this time of my career, I was at the point of my career where I was like, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? Right. Because it was so, um, it was wearing on my brain so much. In my emotions yeah. because i you know i really respected the place they take care of me they pay me well i had great benefits and great vacation everything i would want yeah paper it's, looks amazing right like, amazing. Just, just living this shit for, for a little and bit i just didn't know if i could do because i was like okay i was doing the math can i do another 20 years here okay is that what it is for how long you have to work there for a pension um i already have my pension you only have to work there 10 years i was there 20. oh nice um but the more you stay, obviously, yeah, the more, the more you, get. you get. So my buddy still works there, but he works in IT. Yeah, he's a database guy, so he's like, doesn't have to deal with any of that shit, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, make sure the fucking database well, is up. His boss probably does. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's just at that time of my life, I was just I've I'd always wanted to do something entrepreneurial, mm -hmm. and um, I was just like, it was just really, you know, what it was? It was um, I wasn't able to express myself. I was because I was at work. I didn't have anything going. No, you got to be in your fucking white shirt, your tie, yeah, and your and blue, black stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm wearing brown pants today. Exactly. <laughs> and in, in your ideas are somewhat muffled. Like any idea, great idea you have, it's got to be passed through a bunch of different levels. Then yeah. they're going to be taking some sort of credit for it. Um, and it's just like, what is it for anyway? I don't really care about this business yeah. at the time, you know? So it was difficult, but I actually 
took a huge leap and just that's a big step too dude most yeah. people don't have um one the ability or two like the courage to do it yeah it's uh you know it's it was a tough step but it was just something that i needed to do and i left the company and i just started my own business so how much happier were you though like a lot happier you can't put a dollar amount on that like you can always figure out a way to make money like we're like you live in america you're a hard-working dude you're smart like you're gonna figure out a way like always like it's just like it's not like what um like there's too many things you can do to make money it's like you gotta kind of narrow it down to like i want to do these two things or this one thing because i fucking love it and i'm passionate about it i have fun it's not fucking a drag and like like everything else because that's what i tell people they're like well you have two fucking jobs like yeah i'm like but i really fucking like both jobs yeah there you go like i don't feel like i'm at fucking work that's great especially at the fire department this doesn't feel like work ever and like (laughs) here like on a day like today like we're at the construction office but we're gonna fucking do a podcast like who who fucking else gets to do this like not very many people right that's great i don't even know what the fuck i'm doing like some guys like just tell me to push the button and most of he stays in here but you just yeah. tell people what to do that's where that's nice yeah i don't know yeah i i need some work for sure but yeah but i definitely i definitely have well, a good, you're managing yeah you're managing the business and you have to when you're running a bigger business right 100%. yeah if not you're a slave or, yeah, or so. whatever so so you he said you're 42 mm-hmm. yeah 42 did that and then when did you start jujitsu dude like i don't fucking like I started jujitsu in 2012, so I've almost been doing it for 10 years. So, we, so you were working for SRP? Yes. Yeah. For How did you run into jujitsu? Did you meet somebody or like? Um, you know, I was listening to Joe Rogan really? way back in the day. So okay. he had started his podcast maybe, I don't know. Yeah, you're like one of the original dudes. Yeah, I listened yeah. like when he was I'm on a the poser couch, like yeah. three years ago or something. <laughs> I, I, my friend, I think, turned me on to it back then, you know? And um, we just always listened to it. I always did. And, and I also had a guy that I knew that was training a little bit here at some shit gym. You know? right. And he was just all about it. White belt. Just, you know. Talking big. Nobody reps harder than a white belt. You know? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you follow. It's that guy that falls in love with it. You're, you're repping hard, you know. You're just, yeah. And it's, it, it's it, I mean, we're laughing about it for sure. But like, because uh, we can, because we kind of understand it. But like, it is funny to see someone like that excited yeah. about it, right? Yeah, they're I, just, they're I totally just like, it. yeah, they're totally super excited. Because I still geek out about it. I love it. Yeah. Yes. We talk about it all the time. Like, I get it. You know, and it's like, uh, but, you know, I, I did it. Well, the story was, is I, um, I knew that guy that was doing it. I just, and then I heard Joe. Rogan. I could fuck this dude up. I was always, <laughs> yeah. I was always, he was always just, it was actually uh, one of my tattoo guys was doing it back then. So he would, I would sit there and get tattooed and he was telling me all about it. I'm like, man, I, this, I, I you know, I was looking for you. Like, I need this because I'm ready to kill somebody yeah, at work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> didn't fucking smash a monitor over someone's head. Yeah, it was. I was just always kind of was intrigued about martial arts. Ever since I kid, you know, I watched all the movies and oh, Bruce Lee and all yeah, that shit. Hell yeah, dude. We didn't but fucking. It, it got to the point where I was like burned out with lifting. I would just, yeah. It, it didn't obviously, you know. Well, you were you're a wrestler, so yeah. you, you found that other side, that other. There's a total other aspect. The lifting for me was always just supporting my whatever athletic yeah, endeavor exactly. was. Like I couldn't just lift to be like that's my fucking work. I'm like this fucking sucks. Right. Well, that's yeah. what I did for many years. Whew. Because That's I didn't tough. really have a sport. You know? No, it's I, tough, I didn't, right? wasn't doing sports. I mean, I would, I snowboard and stuff. I've yeah. always snowboarded, done stuff like that, but I was never doing anything like physical. So I would be in the gym. I always. Dad, That's what most people do. They have was, a corporate job. Like yeah, I, I can go exactly. to the gym at six or I go to you know, gym at seven, like whatever. I, I took after my dad. My dad was like a bodybuilder. He was ripped. Dude. This guy, he was huge. And he would just get up every morning before SRP 
Before he would go out and bust, <laughs> bust his line work, he would bust his He has a real band. He dude. would rip weights <laughs> all morning. You know, he's pushing weight. He's a, a stud. Yeah, he's, he's a, a stud. total stud. He's yeah. a total. Everyone that knew him knew he was a stud. They don't make guys like that no. anymore. No, no. He's there's this famous picture of him. He's like working on a line in a bucket truck, way up high. He has a pumping iron T-shirt. He's just ripped <laughs> in like 1980. Dude, you got to send me that picture. He's got it. It's sick. I want to see that. Yeah, thing. He's on the cover, dude. He's like a cover boy. <laughs> And uh, so, but I, so I looked up to him a lot. So, yeah. um, easy was, to do. I always lifted, you know, he taught me young how to do it. And I was always lifting. So I always felt, I always liked to do the physical stuff, but as an adult, it's like, you know, I got a couple cup friends play softball and stuff. They were baseball players and they turned yeah. into softball. I'm like, I don't, that's not my sport. Plus they just drink. Yeah. Like, so exactly. Yeah, that's and a big thing about softball. I, you know, it was a leap of faith with jujitsu. I was, it was really truly Joe, probably Joe Rogan. Cause he just kept harping on how even back then he was just, cause back then he was training too, during a lot. Yeah. So he was what like, belt was he back then? He, he was a brown belt. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm like nine twenty two. It wasn't a black belt back then. Yeah. No, he, he was, he told he said on his podcast, he was a brown belt for nine years. Oh yeah. So, um, you know, he doesn't train anymore like right. that, but back 10, 12 years ago, when I first started listening to him, he was still training a little bit right. or, or he was training cause he was geek. He's always talking about it. Sounds like he wants to train as much as he can. It sounds like he just fucking hurt all the time. Well, welcome to old age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm getting there too, man. He, he's 53 or four. Yeah. That's, that's a lot to be grinding. He, but he's a stud. He does stand up work and, oh, yeah. you know, I don't do any of that shit. So right. that's, that's hard on the body as well. But, uh, you know, I, I was just like, it was one of those things I'm like, man, I just, I think it, I, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, I've been wanting to do something different. Let's try something new. I was telling myself because it was yeah. a little intimidating. For I, sure. I didn't know what the hell it was. I don't know. Like, but I could just imagine because yeah. it's like I wrestled fucking forever. It's like whatever. Right. I'm walking into another place with mats where sure. I'm going to get to touch men like yeah. fucking whatever. And I get to wear pajamas versus <laughs> fucking spandex. All good. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, for the normal and, person. And especially in, at that time, there really wasn't a lot of G- BJJ going on here. Yeah. There was only several, you know, was really just a few good gyms in yeah. 2012, which is amazing amazing in 10 years it's it's, it's a decade man like yeah. that's a long time yeah it is a long yeah. time i feel old as hell talking like that <laughs> because it doesn't feel that yeah. long but i guess yeah i mean i'm i'm almost 10 years in you know so but i uh i went to a gym tried it out or i was doing like a what gym was it um can i'm not gonna it? say the name of the oh, gym you say? Yeah. i've told this privately i've told this story a bunch but i won't say it on here but I went, me, I went to a gym that still <laughs> exists today and uh it was an early, I knew I needed to train early morning because I worked at SRP. So I was like, I need an early class. Yeah. There was like two places had a class. I was going to say back then, like did anyone even have a morning class? And uh, so I went to this place. They did have a morning class. Gym looked nice. Um, I get out, I was kind of intimidated. I go in there and there's all these dudes all warming up already. I'm like, gosh, looking all hard. Yeah, I'm like, fuck fuck, faces they're all looking shit. at me like, look at this. Fresh like, meat. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't even have a gi yet. And uh the dude, the owner comes up to me. He's like, oh man, you know, I'm going to have to reschedule. My wife locked her keys in the car. And so he had to like, drive home and leave. So he left the class to like one of his, I don't know. Yeah. He didn't even remember. I don't even, Some know, blue belt. I don't even <laughs> know if he had purple belts at the time. Right, blue belt. And uh, that was it. And so the next day I had scheduled to go to GD Jiu-Jitsu in Tempe. Okay. And I went there and that was it. I never left. I never went back. To so that day one. Wow. Or yeah. day two. Actually. I, did, I did like a trial there and I was like, no, nah, I like the vibe of this place. Nice. And, um, from that point on, I started training in the early mornings at GD Jiu-Jitsu. Um, I can't believe that used to be the old Sergeant Peppers. Yeah. <laughs> Remember back in the day, it was Sergeant Peppers. Yeah, man. It used to be a teen club. Yeah. There's, 
yeah. We're getting old when we're starting. Yeah. yeah. And that used to cruise this road. Oh, I know. Cruise yeah. University, dude. Yeah. I'm a Tempe kid. So uh, that that was it, man. I started training early with uh, one of the black belts there. He was leading the early bird class. We call it the early bird. Was it five or six? It was at 630. Okay. Yeah. So um, it was perfect for me. I do. It was like an hour, hour and 15 class. Get the class done, take a shower and head off to work. And I ended up doing that for many, many years. And I should, you're still doing it, still doing it. Now yeah. I'm, a, I'm a coach in that yeah. class now. So I teach there at the school and I, I see a common theme. Yeah. <laughs> if you moving up in, in rank and jobs <laughs> in certain places. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but there, that's what it was. You know, to be honest, that's what it was there. You know, we, uh, I had the same couple of instructors for many years in the early class, but you know, that was a huge commitment for them to make. And I just saw an opportunity where one of them wasn't doing it. And I was like, my, my one of my mentors and coaches, Gary, he's, I rolled that dude. He's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. How old is that guy? He's 55. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, it was, I think it's around the white belt. I'm like, 54. we went, I'm like, this old man's fucking me up, dude. He's I slick. I I'm not, he's going to kill me if I said he's too old, but 53, 55, somewhere. So like, he's slick. Yeah. Yeah. He's slick. Oh, dude. Yeah. He's, we, slick. we all do. We're all like, oh, yeah. Everyone's just like, dude, don't, Gary, everyone knows Gary's a sap. He is. Dude. I was really savage. surprised. And nicest dude ever. So good. Yeah. yeah. Nicest guy. I believe, I believe he's G, uh, uh, Gustavo's first black belt. Oh, geez. So, um, uh, super nice. It's super. He's an engineer. Yeah. He's like one of these guys. So, so quiet. Nerd assassin. Yeah, I call total him. nerd assassin. <laughs> like, don't let that guy get you in your clothes, in his clothes guard. You know, he's just super slick. And he's, he's just savage. And he's a great dude and a great teacher. And I learned a ton of my jujitsu from him. And, uh, he, he came up to me one day and he said, uh, he, cause I always work with everyone. So even as a purple, you know, purple yeah. belt up, I was probably helping. I felt confident enough in my jujitsu, which I, you know, I have a jujitsu podcast. I've talked about this many times on there. Road to black, road to black, the road to black podcast. Great fucking name, dude. Uh, you know, it, be careful when you're coaching others when you don't know shit. You know, so <laughs> white belts should be place. coaching other white belts. Yeah. Just as we talked about before, <laughs> shut up and do your work. When you first get a job, you know, yeah. this is like a white belt mentality. You know? really um, good. I saw, I seen, I saw two white belts putting on an instructional on Instagram like three months ago. That was oh, awesome, Jesus. dude! You got for real, for real. Yes. Was it a joke? It was high production quality. Too, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, I've seen it all now, but um. <laughs> You know, I just say that because I was always cognizant of that. But that doesn't mean you can't help and share ideas and stuff like that. But you always want to, in my opinion, basically give credit. Or I, I would always, as a lower belt, blue and purple belt, I would always say, you need to go ask Josh that. Or this is what I would do, but right. ask Manny right. or ask Gary. These gotcha. are my three main coach. Ask Gustavo. You know? yeah. Let me get with Gustavo and get back with you on something. Like, you know, I just don't. That's part of respect, I believe. It's a big part of respect. It doesn't mean that people don't know anything, but, you know, you got to kind of respect. Yeah. Well, that's part of the reason why we like jiu right? There is some, like, lineage and some yeah, ranking yeah. and some respect. Ranking, and but also you know, education and, and knowledge, yeah. you know. It's like things I probably would have said even as a purple belt. I'm a brown belt now. I, now I, I'm just way more skilled. Like, I'm more savvy. I would have a different answer for you. Yeah, for so, sure. So um, just – that's all I'm putting that out there. But what I was saying is I always helped people, you know, I'm always helpful and always liking to go through ideas and mm -hmm. as you do too, you know, as yeah. we, we all do in, in the, on the mats, you share ideas, talk about situations. And, um, 
he just tapped me one day and said, Hey, can you show these? You know, first it was a couple moves that I would always do. Yeah. Can you show the sweep you always hit? And so I would show that and I would teach it very professionally as much as I could. And then he just said, Hey, do you want to track it teaching a couple classes for when I'm not here or whatever? And so I started doing that. And one thing though, first we were sharing the class for a couple of times, you know, he would be there and he would like just kind of look mm-hmm. over and watch my class and stuff. And then all of a sudden I was just on my own. So uh, I got the blessing from Gustavo and um, that was it. That was when you were purple? Blue, brown belt. Oh, brown belt. Okay. So uh, we got to go back. So white belt. Yeah. Uh, how? So if you want to know the years I was, yeah. each one, um, I started at 38 years old and I was a white belt in tw- 2012. Okay. And then, and then I was a white belt for two years. How bad was that? Especially because you didn't know any grappling coming into it. Like, I, I had one year. Okay, wrestling. you did. Okay, take but that back. That don't yeah. mean shit. I was 14 years old. Yeah, you don't remember anything. No. Yeah. I mean, I remember things, but you don't have that. Like the half Nelson. Yeah, yeah you exactly. remember half Nelson. <laughs> yeah, <so> like, <laughs> don't get pinned. <laughs> right. It's there. Bridge. Half I Nelson, a bridge, a uh, standoff, yeah. and maybe a switch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was... That was basically it. So yeah, it was totally new for me and, and totally awkward, you know, at first. But did you love it right off the bat or just something like uh, no, 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 no. And I don't find that that's the case with most people. Um, because obviously with 10 years of experience, I've spoken to many, 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 many people. Everyone has I've had my podcast, we talk to people. It's like most people are a little uncomfortable at first, you know, or or especially obviously people that haven't wrestled. Worse, you're a dumb wrestler that you're like, yes, yes this exactly. Is so much like you're you're different. Why didn't I do this sooner? You're a different breed. <laughs> We're retarded. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> but you can imagine. Look at some of the people you might train with. And, oh, dude, I've, I've seen never like, done any activity. People have like legit anxiety attacks, like like on the mat. Yeah, like one dude started crying. Like me and this other guy, they were smart asses. Like we're probably the gym smart asses. Like it was him and I that experienced this, and when we looked at each other. I'm like, don't laugh, don't say anything fucking stupid, yeah. dude. Got to be cool, this kid or whatever. I was like, wow. But yeah, so I've seen some shit where I'm like, whoa. I'm like, I actually have a shit ton more respect for someone like that that keeps coming back. Like, the fuck's wrong with this dude? He's out of his mind, dude. He's coming back for this thing. <laughs> How long did it take you to like it? Um, you know, probably a few months. A, a couple months I was into it, you know. You know, gotcha. and, and still, there's still a struggle when you're a white belt. And especially when you're an older athlete tr- starting, you know, because I... Oh, for sure. My body is... In many ways, it's way more sore, I feel, but I feel like it's way more adapt now because you have to adapt to that. And you're more mobile, more flexible. Totally, more, totally, yeah, yeah. There's so, definitely more benefits in there. Because I, I never did any of these movements before. Oh, for sure. You know, you don't do these movements when you're doing standard weightlifting or anything. So, no. um, and to be honest, even the first few years, I wasn't as flexible. And not to say I'm flexible now, I'm not. I'm really not, you know, I, I feel like I'm you're more flexible than you were. I feel, right? Yeah, I feel like I'm rigid because right. I'm just older. You know, yeah. I'm 47 years old. Yeah. You're not gonna be like a 18 year old kid that can no, fucking exactly. I'm not gonna be on the mat. No, just put it that way. Um, but you know, I do. I can do what I need to do. And so I was a white belt for two years. Uh, my experience as a white belt. Did you compete as a white belt? I did. Um, as my experience as a white belt is very unique because I was in this small class in the mornings and we didn't have a lot of people when I was a white belt. Private the the gym was our gym is 10 years old and I started six months into the gym's existence oh yeah true oh geez yeah. yeah so gustavo has taught gd jiu-jitsu for many more years than 10 years he was another he was in az combat sports for a while he's you know he's been around but his first gym yeah his first academy first whatever. academy was there 10 years and i started right after they opened um so our morning class was very small there would be days when i would just get a private with the black belt 
that's pretty legit. And I loved it. For free. Yeah, for yeah. free. All the time. No yeah. And he just became a really close friend of mine. Right. Know, my friend Gary. He's like, this motherfucker keeps showing up. Yeah, he just keeps showing up. And he keeps my he keep whoop I keep whooping his ass, but he's still back. You know, it's like and I would just get whooped every time, you know. And I struggled a lot. You know, I struggled a lot. Yeah, you know, I was under you probably progress a lot faster than most dudes too. Yeah. So all my all my training, we, there's maybe two or three of us as white belts, and then there would always be higher belts in there because these guys would be training in the other classes that come in just once in a while in the morning um but well, now, doing now, double that now my academy we have a fundamentals class that is all white but like a lot of white belts so you, like you can go to our academy now as a white belt and you're with all these other white belts i better have that yeah i was always mixed in, in a lot of do, do, do they do live roles Sometimes, can you invite me so I can watch that merge? <laughs> it's gotta be so awesome. Just a fucking 20 white belts on the bed just trying to murder each other. I think, uh, I think we might have stopped that. <laughs> really? no. uh, you know, it depends, it depends on the teacher, but we don't do a lot of live roles with new people. Yeah, short rounds. Yeah, there's a we do a lot of specifics though. Where Jim is very much oriented on specifics. So you're starting in a specific guard. Let's go from there. Yeah. Let's go hard from there. No, that's good. So we don't have to worry about doing <laughs> judo. But that's, that's you know, we have on YouTube. The academy's big enough that it has a lot of different offers. You know, you have, how many rooms? Three rooms? Two. Yeah. Two rooms. One big ass room. And then well, they're both about the same size. The same size. Yeah. One's a little bit longer. Yep. Um but yeah, this, so they run multiple classes, you know, you have fundamentals, you have advanced, all that. So as a white belt, I was doing a lot of small classes. I was always getting beat up. I felt like I was never going to get ahead. I was always with even my, one of my good friends, Nick Flores. He told me at the time, I think he had gotten his blue belt or something. I was still a white belt. And he told me, he's like, you need to go to the night class and kill some white belts because there's no and I'm in here for you. Yeah. He goes, you're good. Yeah. But you're just never getting to yeah. to display anything because everybody shit your so shit I, down. I got really good at defense. I bet. Really, which is which which I believe is the best way to learn jujitsu or or even wrestling. Like because if you know what's coming, yeah, <laughs> that's big. Yeah, I, I kind of pride myself. You know, I want to be hard to submit. Doesn't mean I won't be submitted, but yeah, you know, you, you learn escapes, you learn mm -hmm. safety. You know, I can I can lock you up, and if I need to, and it helps when now that I'm a little bit older too, I can slow things down if I yep. need to, because speed really is my nemesis at this point. You know, right. I, I know a lot of technique, but you know, I get a faster some kid that's twenty something years older right. than me, and he starts going, I better, you know, I don't yeah. move as fast as I used to for sure. Um, even though I like to think I do, right. you know, it's like uh, <laughs> it looks so fast on I video, know. it looks so slow, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Feels fast, looks slow. Yeah, like, oh, oh, man. Yeah. God, that shot looks so much better in my brain when I took it. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't watch the video. Right, right. Uh, man. So white belt for two years. I got my blue belt after two. Um, I, I competed as a white belt. I was local or local competition. Um, How'd you do? Let's see. I lost. I won my first match, lost my second in the first competition. So... You know, was that I, like three months in, six months in. This was uh, probably a year in. Okay, probably a year in. You're like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to play, and, and, trying to play defense. No one's playing defense. Yeah, <laughs> no one's exactly, attacking me exactly. relentlessly. Uh, you know what? I was totally intimidated uh, by by competition. I and uh, I. Well, you'd never competed before, and baseball's a pretty laid back sport. So I had like, competed at wrestling. And I oh didn't yeah, do good. I didn't do good. I think I was zero and four. I didn't even make it's a tough start. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. I, I, you know, it was in, in freshman year, I, this one dude that was in my weight class, I could never beat him. He beat the shit out of me every time. <laughs> I could beat the guy that was above me yeah. every time. So I would always go at like yeah, go take his and I'd get beat <laughs> every tournament by some savage. <laughs> like I'm fucking I'm like, I can't wait at this. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I didn't have the confidence back then. Right. I just didn't. I wasn't, I was always, I was never like a bravado type guy, you know, I just like yeah. calm and cool. Well, push your like kid calm. walking around in spandex, like fucking yeah. Gillette was on here. Like, I don't know if you listen to that podcast yeah, where he's I like, did. he's like, dude, my fucking spandex. Like more guys would go out for wrestling. Like I would want for wrestling. I'm like, yeah. yeah, dude, it's not. I just, it was, I was so uncomfortable with those things. Oh, I bet. But, um, I was too, but back from like, fuck it. I'm you have to do it, right? Yeah, you like, have to do it. But ours were orange. I was a post in Panther. So they were just the ugliest. <laughs> ours were that color of the fucking <laughs> things. Yeah. Marcos were fucking golden brown. Yeah, Could you better. have shittier yeah, colors better. than that? <laughs> Man. So, so right. I did that tournament. Um, you know, honestly, I had no idea what was going on in the tournament. Absolutely none. I had no clue about the scoring system. Yeah. Sounds uh, like none. my first uh, RBJJF tournament. <laughs> I didn't even know how to keep score. I was just went out there and I got my hand raised after the first match. And uh, like I won. <laughs> I think I did another split. I had another win and another as a white belt. I didn't really like competing that much as a white belt. Um, at blue belt, I. Um, at blue belt i got i got my blue belt in two years same thing i was just training trying to learn as much as i could yeah um i was a blue belt for two and a half years when did you uh competed a couple times take the pump out oh yeah i didn't mention that yeah that's a pretty big part of that journey <laughs> yeah for sure because uh, when i heard that i was like what the fuck when he told me that i'm like i better have my game up because yeah so when i started pussy. uh <laughs> in 2001 I was diagnosed with type one diabetes at 27 years old. So my whole life basically changed at that moment. Um, I was, um, I was just like a regular 27 year old, you know, I was raising a family. I'd go out partying with my friends once in a while and I could get out to the bar, you know, yeah. get a babysitter or whatever. For sure. And I remember on my 27th birthday, um, my friends all took me out. This is how I knew something was wrong and we got a limo. And, uh, at the time I lived in Gilbert, Arizona, I had my, I had a, my ex-wife and my child, you know, we got a sitter, my ex planned all this, got all my friends together, maybe like 10, 12 guys, yeah, yeah. got a limo or two. What could go wrong? Else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a couple of girls went, she went and stuff right. and like we partied and, um, partied and, and I was always like a, I could always drink a lot. Right. Like. Yeah, you're 18 Always. beer kind of guy. Yeah, like, exactly. beer kind of yeah, like double shots. Yeah, you're double. Pass out yeah. Me, you know, yeah. I used to say I would have like an iron, just like an iron liver. You yeah. know? We have a lot of similarities. I'm not <laughs> the same way. I'm not a big drinker, but look, I've had buddies like, let's get a drink. I'm like, you're going to lose this, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. <laughs> yeah, so it's hard for me to, I don't, I don't drink that. I, I'm not a drinker. No, either, I don't yeah. ever really get drunk anymore, but back then, I was looking to get drunk. What else you going to do back then? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even at 27, you know, so everyone's, everyone's wanting to get me fucked up. Right. So buying shot, everyone's buying me shots. I'm doing, I don't even know how much I drank. <laughs> I was so, I drank so much alcohol by the end of the night, everyone was wiped out. And I was literally standing there. Like I was sober. <laughs> like I was so, I've been there. Now, now this what's is wrong what, with this all is you what's guys. weird is that it wasn't like, you know, don't get me wrong. I could get drunk and I got plenty drunk many times where you, I would know I was drunk, but now it was like, wait, the alcohol is not affecting me. And I was like, whoa. And I remember thinking that the next day, I'm like, that's so fucking weird. Like what? And I had lost a lot of weight. 
And my friend kept calling me. He'd call me something because I my head looks so big on my right. body. I have a huge head anyway. Yeah, me too. Join the club. Yeah. And so I was like shrunken down. I had lost like 20 pounds. So you were jack in the box. I think I weighed like less than 180. Wow. Which, you know, yeah, that's I'm lean. like 208 right now. Yeah. So And you're lean 208. Yeah. yeah. And, and back then I was probably, I think I was right around 198, 200 pounds at that time. Gotcha. Back then. As a normal weight. As a normal weight. Right. I had lost a shitload of weight. I, I didn't even really put any of this together. Uh, like two weeks later, my wife, ex-wife, took me to Vegas for my birthday. Same birthday, you know, a couple weeks later. It was a long birthday, birthday yeah. bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a ridiculous birthday. <laughs> we go to Vegas, same thing. I remember we went to, uh, we saw a comedy show or went to a couple shows, drinking all night, got in the, you know, it's Vegas. We're up all night. It's like 4.30 in the morning. I've been drinking all, like 12 hours straight. Didn't even feel anything. I was like... Like I'm going to the doctor when I get home. I go, there's something wrong. Yeah. And that's just, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't either. And yeah. I don't know if it is, but I, that's what, <laughs> just specific to you. But that's what was, that's yeah. what triggered my thought of going to the doctor. I was like, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, um, so I ended up going to the doctor, getting some blood work. And I was at SRP. I remember I was on a forklift back when I worked in the warehouse and my boss comes out and he waves me in and I get on the phone and it's my ex-wife and she's just crying. And she's like, the hospital called you need to leave work immediately and get to the hospital and i was like what Whoa. like literally yeah. that's what she told me she's like, hysterical whoa. i'm like what, 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 yeah. what's going on she's like we just have to go they said you have diabetes just like that and i'm like so i went into the doctor and they ended up keeping me for like two days my blood sugar was like 680 which is okay. nearing coma yeah you know it's like high ketones that's all it says on yeah. the fucking monitors wrecking all your organs oh, yeah. like, um it was pretty scary i you know because i really didn't know what diabetes was i think i might have done something as a kid like a report on it or something but i don't remember i didn't know and it's not you know, there's two types of diabetes, type one diabetics, your, your, your pancreas stops making insulin. So what happens is the insulin takes any carbs or sugars that comes into your system and converts it into cell energy. So the insulin does that. Your insulin does that. If you go and eat a donut right now, your, your pancreas, order me up, order me one up. Yeah. Your pancreas is going to say, Hey, this is this many carbs. We release insulin, puts it into cell energy. That's how you have energy. That's part of how the food works. Um, mine stopped doing it. Or if you eat too much, you get fat because it's yeah. stores those fat yeah, yeah. fatties. So type, <laughs> type two diabetes is when typically your body is overweight. It's not properly functioning. Your pancreas is making insulin, but your body's not using it correctly. So that's why with type, which type two diabetics is typically 95% of diabetics are type two. It's more of a, people get triggered by this, but it is a lifestyle hmm? disease. Well, they say it. It's, it's yeah. like, I think they've declared that now because if you lose weight and you get healthy, you can lose type two diabetes. Yep. So type one's not like that. I just, my body, for whatever reason, maybe I did too many drugs or drink <laughs> right. back in the day. I don't know what it was, but it completely stopped. And it had stopped for like several months. And no I, trauma like that. Because I had a buddy that was borderline diabetic because he went through some trauma and they had to like do all the special diet. And he started making in, insulin again, but yeah, nothing like yeah, that. No, nothing I could pinpoint. You know, it's like it could be to be to be honest, I probably think it's something maybe environmentally even back in the, yeah, you know, maybe. back where I lived. I mean, you, know, yeah. you don't ever know. But um 
that was it. I, I had that. I had it for two, like for two days. I, I had to learn how to become a type one diabetic. So yeah. with type one diabetes, you're, it, they said I had had it for a few months. I had every symptom in the book. I just didn't recognize any of them. Right. I was losing weight. I was drinking water all night. I was tired. All Did you do A1C test back then? Same test? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same and test. my A1C was off the charts. Off so that's the how they found yeah. all this. They just did simple blood work. Um, hadn't been to the doctor in like eight months or something. And it happened within that time. And from that moment on, I had to start learning how to count carbs. So basically, when you're type 1 diabetic, you have to do a calculation. Every meal I've eaten for the last 20 years, I've counted the carbs that's in that meal. That's crazy. And I have to give myself insulin appropriately. So there's different delivery mechanisms. I started off on doing shots with an insulin vial. And I would do a calculation in my head. So if I wanted a sandwich, I would say like the bread, each bread is 20 grams of carbs. You start, I became an expert on what yeah. car, maybe not an expert, but I, I'm really good at estimating. You're like Rain Man. That's this many carbs. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. yeah. I can estimate you know. different foods and carbs. Yeah. Because when you've done this thousands and thousands and thousands of times, you also making corrections every time. Right. In your mind and then the next time you do it. So gotcha. it's, it's, it's your, like a computer in your head. But um, so... Yeah, I just had to start doing that. I was I was doing that for a few years, and then I, I got on a pump, which is the pump I was on. It has a little device, kind of like a cell phone, and you attach um, basically a little machine on your body that has insulin inside of it, and it puts a little kind of cannula uh, hose and zaps it in there for three days at a time. So then you just tell the phone, the, tr- the programmer, you say, okay, I'm eating tacos or whatever. Right. Give me this much and gotcha. it's set for that. And then, so the benefit of that is you don't have to get an insulin and a syringe and jab yourself. Yeah. Because you know? to manage diabetes, type 1 diabetes, if you do insulin shots, it is not easy and it's not convenient. And it's not like, yeah, yeah it's, it is, it is something because, because most of the time you're giving your shot, you give yourself shots three times a day at least, right? Totally. Yeah. At least so, three. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's not like the most simple thing to do. And then, like, if, like, say you went and had a hard workout, you might have to give yourself more because if you like ate too, you know, because totally. your meal was bigger and this and the other. So it's like kind of like Paul saying, you're like constantly adjusting what the fuck you're doing. It's not, and it's an inexact science, right? Totally inexact. That's the scary part. You yeah. Know, because as a type one diabetic, um, they typically don't live long as long because you're, <clears throat> you have problems with your organs and stuff. Especially when they like juvenile diabetes, because I was yeah. a very big brother and my little brother had diabetes. Dude, it's like, man, I haven't managed to eat like And that's what old. type one is. They call yeah. it also juvenile because typically it used to be only, it would only be diagnosed in youngsters. Yeah. But now anyone, an old, like I was 38. Yeah. But it's, it's always type one juvenile, but kids have it the roughest. You know, For sure. Because they're kids. Yeah. And this is really shitty to have to manage. So I was on the pump. Um, I started jujitsu. I was on the pump within the pump. The pump was a benefit because I didn't jab myself so much, but every three days I would have to fill up that little machine, put it on my leg and jab it, which isn't a big deal. The beauty is, is I can be sitting in a restaurant and not have to pull my pants down or pull my shirt up to give myself a a jab. I can just tell the machine it would just give me some. Yeah. That's kind of hard in jujitsu. The downside was <laughs> the downside was jujitsu. Yeah. So when how many I, times did that get knocked off? I did it. I used it probably for two full years. And and I will say this as a white belt, just to cut back and a blue belt, mostly white belt. I only train two times a week. Right. Okay. So that's I'm two years as a white belt, two times a week. Maybe towards the end, fast, three, three so, times a week. Yeah. You know, three times a week sometimes. But uh, I don't want to like put it out there like 
it was a total white belt experience. I wasn't like addicted right away. I was like, hey, this is a cool thing I'm doing a couple times a week. Right. You know, my addiction came. The true addiction came later. <laughs> right later. Um, we had more time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the addiction. The blue belt. The blue belt. I had the pump on. Uh, would you just wrap the shit out of it? Like yeah, ace I would, I would or put it on my inner thigh, right. um, and then I would put an ace bandage around it. And you know, if I was closed guard, would pretty much yeah. sometimes be. You know, it wasn't a huge deal because I just got used to it. I would wrap it a lot. And then I would wear like the spandex over, you know, tight shorts over. Yeah. It'd be kind of tucked up in there. Sometimes people would feel that, you know, or they could feel that. I'm like, that's uh, insulin pump. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Don't be alarmed. I wish. (laughs) I wish it was that low. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That hard. (laughs) Oh, man. So, you know, but it would get ripped off, it, honestly. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass because when you get it ripped off, I wasted all the insulin. And you got to stop. You can't put it back on, actually. Yeah. You have to get a whole new one. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's totally, it, the pumps are actually disposable. Gotcha. So the kind I was on every three days, that thing would run out inside, throw out the trash. Gotcha. Amazing gotcha. technology. Right. Well, a lot of waste, to right. be honest. But um, it was great. But, you know, I went off of that many years ago and I went back on the shots. Just it, because of jujitsu, though, right? Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> That's much. pretty rad, dude. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. because of jiu-jitsu. That's you know? radical. Like, most people aren't, aren't going to do that. Like, no. oh, now I'm going to make my life tougher so I can fucking manage this way so I don't have to deal with this. Yeah, exactly. That's a big deal. But it is nice because uh, it's also, it's it sucks to have something on your body. Yeah, all, all the, the time. time. I would shower with it. Every, you know, you're yeah. doing everything with it. It just constantly constant reminds you, yes, right? Yes, it is. And right. so I got to a point where I was like, okay, uh, you only live once. Yeah. I'm going to fucking do is what, you know what I mean? I'm just yeah, like, let's, it. let's do this. I want to be comfortable in life. You know, if I don't live as long, whatever, but I, right. I have really good control over it. Right. We seem like a very regimented guy. Yeah. So. And you have to be, because I've also known people that I literally know two dudes that had type one diabetes that died from it. One, but as SRP was a coworker of mine. Ugh, dude. Uh, and it was, um, during while I had diabetes, I had just been diagnosed. This guy had had it, and I watched this guy die because literally he just didn't take care of himself. Yeah, he ate he himself to death. Yeah, he was eat candy bars. He would never give insulin. Yeah, he killed himself. So, um, you know, my life is uh, it's it's jujitsu is a huge part of it, and I'd just rather be free and not have to worry about that because you worry about so much else on the mat. And to be honest, outside of jujitsu, I don't want it to be attached to me anyway. Yeah. You know, I'd rather just take the extra time and work. Right. And to be honest, the best way to do it is just not to eat as many carbs. <laughs> you can lean on the yeah, carbs, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because it is, it truly is. I, I never even thought about that. <laughs> the best way to manage type one diabetes is to have a low carb diet. Now that's very hard. I I've been really bad these last few months. Right. I'll be first to admit. Yeah, human, all right. Um, but that does help manage, you know, I don't want spikes. I can't, I can never just eat a donut and not give insulin. If it does, my blood sugars will shoot up through the roof. For sure. I don't have insulin on, on board is what it's called. So I really have to watch that. So that comes into play in life, in, in sports, in competition. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm rushing somewhere and I'm out the door and let's say I take a big blast of insulin and I want to eat, let's say 60 gram of carbs, I'm going to eat this bagel. Okay has a lot of carbs, I, I give myself insulin. If something pulls me away and I leave the house without eating that bagel, in 20 minutes, I'm gonna have a low blood sugar. Yeah, I need a tank. And if I'm driving, that could be deadly. Oh yeah. So it's it's a very fine line. You have to, you really have to balance everything out. You have to be very cognizant and always aware of your situation. You don't have to be, but if you wanna live healthy. Yeah. Um, 
So that's kind of how I do it. Now. Well, with competing, yeah. like, how do you manage that, right? Like, because, like, because wouldn't like doesn't stress or like stuff like that also fucking eat yes, that? Yeah. yes, stress, adrenaline. So it, it's very hard. It's very hard. Like if you have like six matches in a day or something like yeah. that, dude, like that's fucking I'm, the most crazy. I've ever fought is three in one day because I'm that's an funny. Dude, but yeah, yeah that's it's, funny still. It's uh, it's it's tough because. Not only am I check, it's from the morning of, especially if I'm yeah, cutting weight. For right? sure. So that purple belt. Um, so I was I was a blue belt for two and a half. I was a purple belt for two and a half, and I've been a brown belt for two and a half. So almost ten years. I've been in ten. Doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah, all together you're like, fuck, dude, that's ten yeah, years. Yeah. yeah. So what seems crazy is like I've probably grown the most in the last few years as a brown belt because I've been instructor. I do a, I study a lot, and you know I'm like, man, I just realized that I'm. I've been in the brown belt for that long. Like that's legit. You know, yeah. I'm like, I've been putting in the work. That's a legit brown belt. Yeah. So um to, that's where I'm at right now. At Purple Belt, I competed a lot. I did Master Worlds a couple of times, nationals, a few local tournaments. I really challenged myself. I've never been in love with competition. I'll be the first to admit. Oh, I fucking love it, dude. <laughs> I love um I love the growth that comes from it. And that's what I love about the yeah. journey. Like yeah. the day, obviously, you want it to work out. Yeah. I, I have, but I'm never as excited at the end that I am. Like, just dude, I like all this shit. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I love have it. many other friends that are just like you that love competition. And um, I look at more. I look at it as more of a, a tool to challenge yourself. Like I have to challenge myself every once in a while, just because you know it's a great challenge. It's just it takes a lot of mental focus. Yeah. The lead up to it, everything. everything. You got to be perfect that day. Yeah. If fucking you're going to go home with an exactly. IBJJF gold, you got to yeah. be perfect that day. So uh, it was it was great experience it, but it was tough competing, especially at like Master Worlds. I remember was cutting a little weight, so that makes it even harder because I can't like, you yeah. really got to balance everything yeah. tight. I got to balance everything tight because if I go too low, I can't really eat anything because I can't gain weight. You know, yeah. it's just like a fine right. line. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, you know, I make it work. I, well, plus I all the shit test. that you need to eat after a match, like a yeah. goo or something like filled with sugar. Like you can't go to that. Oh, I do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I was like, well, all right. Well. No, I mean like my post, my post match in Vegas, yeah. my post mat, my post fight meal is like, we go to Giordano's. No, but what about between matches? Like no, what do you no, have? No, no. I don't drink. I don't do anything. See, and that's hard. Like for me, like sugar, could, because yeah. your body wants that glycogen, dude. You like, you yeah, gotta get yeah. sugar in your right away. I do. You know, you know what I sugar? do? I do. I, I, I've always drank. Uh, I do BCAA drinks. Okay. I used in cage supplements. I really like them. And I, it's like a protein powder BCA, but okay. no sugar. Gotcha. No, no sugar. Or well, very little sugar or, you know, gotcha. artificial sweetener. So I do slurp down that and it has like hydration. I take like right. hydration powder and stuff. Gotcha. So I've always really liked that. I've never been a fan of Gatorades and stuff just because I'm diabetic. I think yeah. it's the worst thing you can do. Drink, <laughs> yeah. drink, drink sugar. Drink. Drinking sugar is never a good thing. Yeah. You know? There's other options, but um Man, I, I basically, through those times, you know, I would have to get up in the morning, um, test my blood sugar, and I'm like, okay, uh, my match is at 11 or whatever. I uh, and my, I remember my coach used to always say, okay, get your water bottle, get your banana, whatever you're going to put in your body. Get on that damn scale in the hotel. Yep. Weigh always. yourself. Do not have anything else. I tell you guys that all things. the time. Like, get on scale with your food. Yeah. And that's what we do. I would always do. So I'm, I'm set. The thing about competition that's tough is that the adrenaline jacks my blood sugar up. Yeah. And um, that's something I, I had to experience. I never thought. And it didn't happen when I was like a blue belt and white belt. It was really when I got into the bigger, when I was purple belt, yeah. I was in the, 
My first IBJJF. Master Worlds is big, dude. My first IBJJF competition was Master Worlds. Yeah, that's big. You walk in that motherfucker, you're like, I just became a purple belt. (laughs) My first month in purple belt. I got an idea. I just got a purple belt. I'm going to Master Worlds. (laughs) But you know what? Bigger challenge. I was like, hey, there's no expectations on me. And you know, I won my first match, lost my second. I was pissed because I should have won my. It was like totally made the mistake. Right. I was like, I want to keep going. You know, yeah. I wanted to keep going, but that was my day. You know, right. it was a huge lesson. I never made that mistake again, I'll say. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's what competition does. And it was, you know, it's a good experience. But managing the highs is really tough because I'll usually just have to stay high and deal with it. Now, when you're when you're low blood sugar, I couldn't compete. Low blood sugar feels like you're drunk. In a very weird way. And you act like you're drunk, yeah, too. Like, so we, if you ever see somebody... Like, I've had to wrestle dudes down on calls so we can get insulin yeah. like in them. Get them sugar. Oh, yeah. Give them sugar. Sorry. Sugar. Yeah, D50. Like, dumb. Exactly. Double holding a D50. And, like, a couple of times I'm like, why is the gun next to the nightstand? Can someone fucking move that thing? Yeah. Like, yeah, dude. Because, you, know you know, what's weird about it is, like... And I'll still get it sometimes. Some dudes get I, I can feel it. I can yo, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So the women in my life have always said, go check your blood sugar. Because they know when I'm being <laughs> an asshole. Like, hey, dick. That's what it is. Right. And it is every single time. Because I'm not a dick. Right. When, I'm, when I'm low blood sugar, you get, yeah, you get angry. super short temper. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's yeah. like a a physiol a, a physical thing that takes over. It's I can't explain it. It's the weirdest. Now it can get so bad that you can't. Uh, you know, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, my blood sugar is so low. I'm like, tell my kids, go get the candy and bring it to me on the couch. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Cause you can't take, yeah. Cause you're like, if I take a few uh-huh, more steps, I, I could be going down. down. Exactly. Well, dude, like, and the crazy thing is people don't realize like, uh, when we've gone on calls for, for, uh, low blood sugar and someone has been combative or whatever, like as soon as you give them that D50, it's amazing, dude. They wake right the fuck up and then, but they have no idea what the fuck just happened. Like they don't remember yeah. the whole 10 minutes of that episode. Like there's four firemen or six firemen standing in, yeah. in their bedroom. They're like, was my blood sugar low? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, cause they have no fucking idea. Like that's, that's the yeah, other weird thing. It's just, your mind is just gone. Yeah. It's like, crazy. The hangover. It's, it's really, you know, I'll, I'll remember most of the stuff cause I don't get that bad where I'm like passing out. Yeah. But even when you get a little low and I feel like kind of that punch drunk, the weird thing is, is as soon as that sugar hits that bloodstream, I'm like, yeah, you're back. Ah. Right. It's Crazy. like you're in another dimension. It's yeah. so weird. There, there, there's two drugs on the fire truck that are the most amazing thing. D50 for fucking, for uh, blood sugar. diabetic patients and Narcan for fucking o- opioid overdoses. Right. That's another thing. You give them like, bang, like, yeah. they're like what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. It's a, that's a crazy one too. It's crazy. So yeah, I just, uh, just deal with it. And uh, what do you mean when you stay high? Like you just, so what that means is. Your sugar, like, yeah, so like, like before a match, I'll remember, I'll, I'll test myself. Like, I, I'm off on the side, I get my blood sugar kit out, I, I poke my finger, that's how you have to do it. I put it on this little test strip, and machine reads my blood sugar. Quite often on the day of or right before competitions, my blood sugar might be high. So, what means high is what's high for you? For high for me, I, like a normal person's, like yours, is probably 80 to 110. Okay. My normal is probably a hundred to one thirty, which we would still I consider normal. I might test my blood, <laughs> yeah. and it might be a hundred and ninety or two hundred. Now, gotcha. in normal everyday life, I would immediately give myself insulin because I don't right. like to. Yeah, that's not even that high. I don't. Right. Yeah. Well, it is for, for because I keep yeah. I keep my A one C. I keep my stuff really tight. Gotcha. You know, somebody that's like not taking care of themselves and they have type two diabetes, they live like that. Yeah. It's dangerous. I know. The longer in it, you don't live very long. That's why they cut their legs off. Yeah. You don't live very long. long. Yeah. So, um, I just always like to get it down, but I can't really give myself insulin in that moment 
because you I don't want it to go far down and I'm not going to be eating anything. So it's really risky because I can give myself insulin. And then when I get physical, yeah. the physicality can drive your insulin down. For sure. You're burning all that sugar. Exactly. Right? Well, like in the thing is in jujitsu, you can't fucking taper your match. Yeah. Exactly. Like you don't know if that match is, is going to go full five exactly. at 90% or it's going to go 30 seconds. Like right. you don't know, like how do you fucking gauge that? Yeah. So you That's I really tough, just have to keep it, keep it safe. Yes. And, it's okay, but being high sometimes make me, makes me groggy. Gotcha. Doesn't make me an asshole. It makes me tired. So if I have really high blood sugar, I can feel it because I feel like I want to take a nap. Gotcha. And I don't want to feel like that when I'm competing. <laughs> or you so you know, and I, I have competed like that. So you know, I'm, and I would never make that excuse on right. anything. But I've been in shitty situations competing. Like, I never even told anybody. Right. It's it's not something I really even preach about because right. it's like anything else. You know, I don't like when. I hear guys say, oh, my belly aches. I can't get matches. Right, you know, yeah. Like someone we know. Yeah. Very famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just go about my life and, and do it. You know, there's other people that are grappling without limbs. Right. You know, with, you know, with no arms. Oh, yeah. Like your dude with no arm, with no leg. Like I remember I got, it was it at Pans last year. Or I was I was a, one of the bigger IBJ tournaments. The dude had no leg. I'm like, man, I hope I don't have to fucking fight that dude. That's that, that was my thought. I'm like, because he was fucking good, dude. Oh, like, yeah. I want to. I, I watched him win his first match. I'm like, that guy's fucking legit. I'm like, fuck, I'm running that guy. Totally. Because either way, I'm not going to be happy. But you know, it's like, you just do your thing. So I just, I just always owned it and just dealt with it and, and quietly. I don't know another dude that competes at Thibet in the whole fucking jujitsu world. There's probably some, but. Have you ever met one? there's definitely a lot of famous athletes yeah um now that compete but you know it's different from jujitsu it's there's not a lot besides wrestling and jujitsu i think those are the hardest core yeah physical you know and <laughs> mma of course right uh i don't know of any in mma there might be some but um there's got to be some you know there is i know there's guys out there because you know i've seen like Type one diabetes groups in the jujitsu community. They're gotcha. very small. Yeah, I don't know if they're competing, like a, but I know they're training. And obviously, they know that people are training. In fact, cool story. Um, you know, I've been coaching for probably a year and a half now. Um, I have. I see now. I see guys that have been with me from the very first day, which is very rewarding. And it's really well. from white belt to yeah. So yeah. now they might be a higher level white belt. Yeah. Okay. I might've given them almost a blue. Too, okay. You know, but it's cool because you see the progression and you start seeing, and even, even guys I coach, like, um, this high level blue belt got kid that I coach. Um, he, I showed him this sick loop choke one time and hit it right in a tournament. Guy goes for a single, hits a rolling loop choke, taps the guy out. Oh, he tells sweet. me after he's like, I hit that thing you taught me. I was like, hell yeah. It's yeah, like one of my proudest sure. moments. Yeah, right? for sure. Uh, but that's what coaching is. You kind of yeah, get, senior athletes get better, especially through a season. Like, uh-huh. like if they have a season, like and they you get invested in them and they yeah. change. Like not like not only does their performance get better, but like they change as a person. Like totally. they get better, they get tougher, they get stronger, they get more resilient. And you can watch that shit happen, dude. Yeah, it's like, dude, this is cool. It's amazing. And you you see that even being a teammate. You mm-hmm. don't have to be a coach. Look yeah. around you. Just the jujitsu gyms. That's why they are. That's why we love them because everyone's grinding. Everyone is making progress forward. You know, sometimes it feels like you're not doing very yeah, well. That's right. because most people, most of the time, the people around you are also getting better. Yeah. If you're in a good room, and they might be getting better faster than you. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so you know, part part of what was cool about that story is that this kid, one of my good friends, who's been a longtime training partner, he takes my classes as well. He brings his two sons in, and uh, one of his sons recently got uh, diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and so right away my friend george he contacts me hey 
this is my Henry got diagnosed. And so it was a really big deal. For sure. And you know, the kids, he's young. Which for a kid. Yeah. He's pretty scared as hell. Yeah, exactly. So he, uh, I, I kind of, you know, coached his dad on what to do. You know, the people, the ed- diabetes educators, they help you a lot, but it's tough. When it's- How many fucking brown bed jujitsu fucking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> people are out there to be able to help people. Right. Not- so it was, a weird coincidence yeah. that this is one of my greatest friends in the gym and his son just t- diagnosed. It's like, okay, guess who his coach is me. Yeah. Which was the, so that's what makes this even better. So cool is because this kid's been working with me and this last weekend, we had a competition. Uh, crazy Brazilian jiu-jitsu league had, uh, the kids cup and the Copa Bella, which is all female. So I had, uh, I had a, we had some kids going, we had some females going, and Henry, my, my son's friend, he's doing his first competition. He's a one stripe white belt. You know, he's a young, young, young. Yeah. He's how old is he? He's probably, man, I think he's 12. Yeah. So he's a little kid. Yeah. 11 or 12, 13. Yeah. He's right in there as, yeah, somewhere in there. And um, he's a uh, nicest kid ever, you know. And I've watched this kid. I even told his dad, I'm like, he's, he's, He's coming along nicely because he's nice. there and he trains with his brother. So his brother's older than him. Oh, he's right. taller than him. He's lanky. And he's always beating, beating the shit in here. He's always beating. You're going to get tougher. I'm seeing Henry get beat yeah. up all the time. So he's only been training maybe, you know, definitely less than a year. But for the last several months, I see him keep improving. He's doing better against his brother. He's starting to get some more skill. <laughs> he wants to sign up for his tournament. He, uh, his dad gets him a Royal Union Gi. That's, you know. Yeah, Paul also has a, a jiu-jitsu apparel company called Roll Union. Yeah, rollunion.com or at Roll Union. Go follow, follow it on Instagram. Geese, t-shirts, rash guard, shorts, yeah, all that shit. Grappling gear. Um, all my guys, you know, they support me. They wear my stuff. And uh, he buys his son. He's a, the son's looking slick. Yeah. I, I got to admit, you know. Right. He's looking slick in our latest black tee. <laughs> he shows up to the tournament. Best. This kid had the best. Uh, his 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 match got delayed, delayed, delayed. He had the best attitude the whole time. And I get to coach him. So he's like, you know. Who else would be there to coach yeah, him? Yeah. So, you know, he's, you know, Gustavo is our main yeah. coach, obviously. He's coaching a bunch of different people, but I happen to, I'm like, I'll take, you're going to get that kid. I'll be sure. over here because he's been training with me. So I start, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the bullpen with him. I'm coaching him from the very beginning. You know, he's, he's just got a good attitude. I'm like, what, what's our game? Plan? That's a cool term. They let the coaches be in the bullpen with them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good, dude. So it's, uh, I mean, maybe I wasn't supposed to be, but you know, <laughs> have you been to the new venue yet? Mm-mm. Okay. So heard it's nice. the new venue is great because they doubled the mat space and now it's, it's like a legitimate IBJJF. It's a mini IBJJF. AZBJJL puts on legit shows. So the interior, you now have access for the coaches on the inside. That's awesome. So you don't have to sit on the outside. Yeah, like the coach the Phoenix there. College, there'd be 10 people yelling right in your ear. Yeah. So now you get to go one coach. Per, per, you know, per yeah. athlete. And to the actual mat? To the mat. I wish fucking all jiu-jitsu did that. I'm like, why can your coach not be next to your mat? Right. Well, it's so weird. AZBJJ. Yeah. So they're doing it now. So you have a smart right on the mat. Um, so the other guys there score, you know, the other coaches there, score, score, table. score table right yeah. between us. And I'm right here. Yep. We go, you know, he gets out there. He pulls guard and he gets into close guard. We're working our game because I wanted him to keep right. close guard. I was like, he, that's what he knows. Right. He's not going to be an open guard player. He's yeah. a a young kid, you know, white belt. Fair. You need to close it for sure. Yeah. So I was like, this is going to be a safe. We can we can attack from here. He closes his guard up on this kid. 
He uh, he works the whole game. It's like there was like a stalemate, but I was like, he was trying to threaten some cross chips, mm-hmm. like wanted to get him. I wanted to get him an advantage. <laughs> did he get any? Uh, I can't remember on his first match. His second one, he definitely did because we played it two times. Nice. So um, he he does just does well, and he I think he won. He got an advantage, I believe. I believe the kid. I think he might have won on a on a, a penalty because the kid took. Put his hand on the inside of the pants. Pan. Um, I can't remember the specifics. I was so stoked for this. Right. So anyway, he plays. He wins the match. He would have gotten the decision. He had. A, I think he had an advantage because he won the match. Gets his hand raised. Biggest smile. He had a huge crowd there. My friend and like my friends. It's a big deal. They dude. travel yeah. really well. Like when my friend competes, he's got like twenty dudes. Really? Yeah, it's shit. hilarious. Wow. It's so loud. <laughs> so their families really they they represent well, and they all like his brothers train, and I know a bunch of them. So it's just funny. Henry wins his first. He goes out. He goes and it's it's kind of surreal because this kid's out there. I'm coaching him. I've taught him at pretty much every most of the stuff he knows. He's wearing my gi from right. my company. It's like this is so cool. Man. You know what that is? Yeah, yeah and he's diabetic. Yeah. You know what it is? It's because I'm so involved in all that. You know, so that's what the that's where the addiction really comes right. to fruition where i'm like i'm in the midst like that's because my addiction has gotten so deep that i've taken this route of teaching i've taken this route of apparel i have my podcast you know i'm, I'm in it i love this stuff so mm-hmm. it was like the moment it was my moment what it shows too because like even when i you know met you like you were always willing to help and, and give advice and stuff like that yeah. like you generally gave a shit it's like you like you you want to pass on whatever you can to somebody else to make them better yeah, you, I, and I you think, can tell i think it's good in the jujitsu community oh yeah so much from other people's but you actually know something too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like it's, it's different when like when a dude has skill and can pass skill on you. Like yeah. you like if you're not retarded or stupid, you're like shut your mouth, listen to what he has yeah. to say, and just go from there. Yeah, so. I like it. I like that because I also know guys that they don't share anything. Yeah, not, a, not can't really. get their secrets away, dude. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I kind of like just the whole. That's the part of jujitsu I like is the art, like the the yeah the learning of this all the skills because it's just unlimited. It's just unlimited. That's why I actually love it because I'm good at mastering shit. Like I learned, I've learned so much shit in my life, but like jujitsu, there's no end to it. Exactly. Usually when I would learn or master something or whatever, come close to mastering, I'm like, okay, I'm bored. What's next? I go from there. But it's like, you always have something to work on. Yeah. I knew that about like, when you told me all the stuff you had done, I'm like this, because we talked early on, yeah, yeah. We started first started jujitsu. I'm like, this is gonna be for you. You were also a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna love this. <laughs> it was, dude. Yeah. And I was different. My first class, I'm like, fuck, dude. I really like this yeah. way too much. Yeah, totally. Like, that's why I think I pushed it off long. Yeah. But yeah, coaching that kid wins he, the second, so the match, second match. He wins the second match. He even better. He plays close guard. Um, he scores some points, passes the guard. Like yeah, that was it was it was cool. doing jujitsu now. Yeah, it was, he, it yeah. was pretty solid yeah. newbie jujitsu. Yeah. You know, and third match, it was like here's the final. So all this time we're going back to the bullpen. I'm coaching, yeah. you know, it's like exciting, you know, it's super fun. All into it. And um it's a different feeling. He comes out and he 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 does he does kind of the same game, but it was just he was going against this longer, lankier, and you could tell the kid was probably had some time on him as yeah. well. And the kid swept him, mounted him, and submitted him. Yeah. He's but like, this kid, my game. kid walks out. I met, like held his head high. He was so proud. He had the biggest, he just got submitted, but he knew, <laughs> he knew because yeah. he put in, it was an amazing day for him. Like, silver medal, so dude. Awesome. It doesn't suck for your first tournament. Totally. Yeah. First tournament, I silver got, medal. He gets on the podium. You know, I was just so proud of him, but also, you know, 
just to take it back to the jujitsu real quick or to the uh, diabetic thing is like, you know, even between the matches, you know, I'm like, okay, what, what's your, are you checking your blood sugar? He's like, no, I'm just like drinking, he's just drinking a little soda. But so he's just getting his first. Yeah. How do I manage this? Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. You just have to see a kid do it. It's like, oh, shit. So he was taking a very safe route where his blood sugar was actually a little bit high. They were just keeping it high. Yeah. Which is... It sounds... High. That, that sounds the like the way. smartest way to do it. Uh, you know, as he gets more maybe athletic and more in tuned into his body, he might want to dial that in more. He probably will. But just a what a what a day for me. You know, it was for sure. super cool just to be able to coach him. And, and watching your athletes win, mm-hmm. there's a different, it's more like a fatherly, like yeah. I say, that, like a fatherly type thing versus like you winning. Yeah. Totally, it, the, the feelings are complete different. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been cool. I had a good, especially a kid like that where you're like, God fucking want this I kid know, to do I so know. well, dude. Like, yeah. So, but you know, he did well because he just played his game. He was calm and he had the best attitude. You know, he just walked off. He's shaking everybody's hand. He was so proud. That's awesome, this dude. Is cool. This kid might. You know, I didn't know if he would ever stick with jujitsu. Maybe he won't, but that moment right there, he'll never forget. I bet he does. Well, and like for 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 him, he's like, "Hey, I see this guy, brown belt. He's diabetic. He's doing it." Totally. So yeah, then there's that. That's a big deal for especially a twelve year old kid or whatever thirteen year old kid to see that. Like, oh fuck, he's doing. He's old as fuck. Yeah, totally. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'd be happy to take that role and be kind of a role model in that way. So. It's, it's been cool. You know, we had other athletes there the weekend, um, had another young lady do really well. She took gold and it was a fun, exciting weekend. I also had my booth set up there. Okay. So we got met a new, a lot of new customers and that's where it's at. That's awesome, dude. So then just to go back purple, got your brown. You've been in brown for how long? About two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So knocking on the door. Yeah. Well, you and you and your co-host of the podcast, Road to Black, um, Wes, you guys started training at the same time? We didn't. He's okay. been training with me for several years more. Okay. Yeah. So he's a little bit slower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Wes is, he just, he, he moved, you know, when you move in gyms, that's part of, that's, that's tough. a very difficult thing. He's had to move physical locations for his career, his schooling. And so, and they have to relearn who you yeah, are. Yeah, like, totally. like just cause you're wearing a belt and no, like, what does that nothing. mean? Yeah. Nothing. yeah. It's like, it's almost like you're starting over, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. You have to at least prove that belt. You have to be able to you know, prove your worth in that belt in that because that it's so gym. subjective. It's mm-hmm. all subjective. Unless you've competed a lot and you have like, Oh yeah, totally. I, I won this or I exactly. won that, something like that. But like, they don't know if you don't have any actual matches on video or anything that you want, it's like, Oh, how am I, how the fuck do I know you're a blue, real blue belt? Totally. It's uh, you know, and that part of advancement anyway is subjective. Cause it's like some people rate your belt on competition some on total skill set, you know, that's a some totally, on classes and never class you show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some a combination of both. Right. It's like totally subjective. And so it is what it is. I, I always say like for me to be a black belt or not even I think black belt is just as you probably know this, when you're a black belt, you're gonna have so much more to learn. There's there's it's endless. Yeah, it's like just the beginning of it is really right? truly yeah. the beginning of your yeah. journey. It's like okay, I'm qualified now. Yeah. Now I can speak the language. Now teach me some harder stuff. Right. You know, or let me, you know, really start delving into this aspect or that. But you can collect all these techniques. I I believe, you know, or you can, I just think I personally, I just want to be a black belt that is, you know, very well-rounded because that's what I like about the art. I like all the different aspects of it. 
Um, I like learning all the different nuances of the language. Yeah. I've been calling it a language more and more lately because that's what it is. You and I can talk this certain language. Yeah, right. Someone else is not going right. what the hell we're talking about. Exactly. You know, it's like literally a language. And, and I respect it like that. So um, I just, that's my whole goal is just to keep grinding, keep learning, you know, doing what I can do. I, I study a lot, but, you know, I train a little bit in no gi just because I want to have some game right. there too. Now, I only go to Nogi when when forced. Yeah, is this is this stage <laughs> of my life? I'm not gonna like go become an expert in that. Maybe I will, but and I know older dudes that have like left the gi just to go study the leg game because it's yeah. interesting and intriguing and it's a different aspect. And Nogi is really a different sport. I think it is completely. And um, it's hard at my level of or my age level, I should say, to be like an ex. I don't have enough days to train all that. Right. So, but I do as as just as me, what a black belt means to me. I want to be able to say I've trained some nogi. I'm very, yeah. you know, I'm not a one. You're very well rounded on yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And in nogi, come on, it's not that hard. There's like about six moves that actually work. So, <laughs> what's, what's, and for that's going for a wrestler. Yeah. Like, I think before I went to nogi worlds, I think I only went to nogi class like six times yeah. it's it's a wrestling match like like it really, if like if like you know how to stay out of the danger yeah huge 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 thing but yeah like and that's why like my coach because we have you know other college wrestlers at our gym and my coach is like i thought i was gonna have the fucking baddest no gi team in the world like none of you fucking guys <laughs> like no gi i'm like no dude the gi's so much harder yeah. and it's so much more intricate like i feel like in no gi i can go from step one to step four and be okay if i try that in a fucking gi he's gone yeah totally. it just it just it, it, it's such it, it's such a more te- in my opinion it's, it's such more a more technical, technical game way more technical yeah that's there's no doubt about that there's just so many more root moves the gi the the complexity of the uniform makes it it makes it so much it's just so much more there's so much more to it you know so much it's just, you can you can slow down the game if you need to and then it changes the entire game yeah you can so, choke somebody with their own shit and you can yeah, choke exactly. someone with your shit and you can choke someone with your hands fucking joint manipulation like yeah there's so much more shit um and and that's the thing like you're gonna be a black belt now that i've been doing it for a whole fucking two and a half years <laughs> so, so i could say this not really but like you're 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 gonna be the black belt that's able to coach and teach better than than most of them because like there are some black belts that uh, are black belts but they're not good teachers they're more competitors yeah like they're great exactly. competitors and like some yeah. are both some are both yeah some are few or few Few. Yeah. So, so, like some aren't meant to coach, some aren't meant to own an academy. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you, it's not just because you're a black belt, you have all this. It's what's your other skills? What's right. your personality? Yeah. What's your leadership skills? What's your business ownership skills? Like it just, it's not some magic thing. You know, you, there's still asshole black belts. You know? Yeah. Well, that's what I appreciate on, on like you guys' podcast, like the assholes that fucking rape that girl and stuff like that. Like I like I love how you guys aren't like aren't afraid to no. to like to talk about that openly. What episode was that? I don't know. I, Fuck, I, that one, I like yeah, find the one on. Uh, it's like that's about douchebags, right? Sports, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was it called? is not a douchebag filter. Something. Yeah, that one's fucking good. Like that one, I was like, I was getting fired up when I was listening to that one, dude. It's really, really good. Thank you. Uh, you know, there's, but that's. That's why it's so important to attach yourself to a good group of people. <laughs> you know, I, everyone's experience is so different. You know, we all like to talk like we're all doing the same thing. We are, but really not because yeah. it depends on the room you're in. You know, you could be experiencing jujitsu and learning all the same techniques as me, but you're in some shit gym that, yeah. is, you know, the instructor's a total asshole. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you know, you're not feeling the vibe at all, but yeah. you're trying to learn something. What kind of a, an environment for learning is that? Yeah. You know, it's like, 
I pride myself on my classes is like, no, I got to set it up to where it's a great learning experience and environment. You know, the gym, the academy speaks for itself. The experience my professor has, Gustavo Dantes, speaks for itself. But when it's my class, I also have to hold that value up and well, cause you give, a give, shit. give value, yeah. you know, and not, not be a sellout, you know? You honor your coach, you honor your gym, and you honor that by fucking showing up and doing a good job, right? Exactly. Which is for us, it's like, no, no bullshit. Like, yeah. I only teach wrestling, but like in our <laughs> academy. And like, I try and fucking, I try and send videos before, like this is the shit that we're gonna be covering. Like we, we have like a private page, do this, do shit like that. Like, cause you wanna do fucking, like those are your, that's you, that's part of your extended family. Totally. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't show up and fucking do it well. Nah. Well, well, you shouldn't show up and be a fucking turd at it, like at a family function. Like you don't wanna do that like yeah. to your other, other people. Cause, cause at the end of the day, we are a direct reflection of our parents, our gym, our academy, our coaches, our guys like Gary that kind of raised you up yeah. in jiu-jitsu. So like we want to honor those dudes totally. too. Yeah. Totally. I mean, but I don't think I don't think most people are like that. I I don't know. I I just I, don't because it takes a lot of effort. It does take it, a lot of effort. Like like it like there's gonna be, it's there's not gonna easy. be guys, you know, and I have good great friends that are black belts that <laughs> They they'll might mentor on the mats, but they're not going to be. They don't want to take the extra time to teach. Or most people aren't going to be an instructor. Most right. are. You're not even going to have an opportunity to do that. Right. You know they don't come easy. Like yeah. you know, there's just not these open black belt spots. You know right. you have to know the gym, know the coach, be you know have have them respect your game and your teaching skills. And there's a higher like your credibility and your reputation and your and like your overall like are you a good fucking person right. actually matters exactly. right yeah. exactly now. <clears throat> that is not the case everywhere. Yeah. But, yeah. We've seen but, it. But, but my point is, is like, you have to take, you, th- you have to take all of those, all those aspects and create a good environment. Right. And then just grow from there. Now, some guys, they will be, some guys or gals, they might be in an environment where, and this is pretty, I, I think this is going to be a much more common thing. There's more and more gyms opening. Okay. Which means there'll be more and more gyms closing. <laughs> yeah, but there's also more and more gyms where the level of BJJ might not be up to maybe my standard. Not yes. that my standard is anything great, but what I think of good BJJ. With the lineage of where your school comes from and what they yeah, what they allow their belts to be. And it's higher. That's it, okay. There's nothing wrong with that, right? right it right. should be that way. Yeah, exactly. There's five belts for a reason. They should take a fucking long time to get. Yeah, but not only that, but yeah, exactly. But even... It's just a subjective thing because you could have a pretty solid black belt, but maybe he doesn't have a huge breadth of knowledge and he just got his black belt. Right. And that could even be me, you know, maybe. Which I'm saying no. But 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 <laughs> what I'm saying is like there might be some dude out there that says, hey, Paul doesn't know shit. Right. That's my point. It's subjective. But so you have to just do what you can to share, you know, as an instructor, obviously share what you can learn as much as you can. But my point was, is like, there's going to be a lot of people because there's so much jujitsu going on. A lot of people open gyms. When people get promoted a little bit prematurely, it creates like a ripple effect. Right. Because now jujitsu has been around long enough. There are gyms that people know about where... If you're getting a black belt pretty quickly from this other guy, when he doesn't have, maybe he's never even competed. He doesn't right. have a lot of credentials. No, who knows really where he got his black belt, right. his or her. Yeah, uh, there's people out there that'll get a black belt being roamers. So 
they literally exist where they just travel a lot. They move yep. every six months. This guy over at this gym gives them a blue belt. This one gives them, oh, you're good enough in me, but my school. You know, what does that become yeah. after decades of this? I, mean, I think it's natural that this is going to happen, but yeah. we don't want it to be stripped down to where we're karate. Right. <laughs> you know, because yeah. there is such a deep. My kid's a 13 year old black belt. <laughs> and that's where, comp- that's where competition really keeps everybody in check. For sure. Because the mats don't lie. Yeah. But not everybody's competing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and like I would say, a dude that's, that's won adult worlds, masters worlds, whatever, pants, like, like something like that, if that has won that, same belt, same whatever, same teaching ability. Yeah. The one guy's going to have more credibility than the, the other for sure. It's just, that's yeah. just kind of how it is, right? Because that's yeah. the ultimate proving ground. Mm-hmm. There's, 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 more, there's probably more, you know, there's a lot of competitor coaches. It's just, I, I always say in our podcast, it's like, go, go do your research, find out who you're, you know, what's the lineage, what, how, uh, how legit is this person? You know? Yeah. Because you don't want to, there's a lot of people getting ripped off and they don't even know they're getting ripped off. No, because they don't, they don't know that they're not learning jujitsu. I have personal experiences with this. Really? Yeah. Like I know people that are in these positions through our podcast, through people that my partner knows as well. He's been traveling a lot. Right. There's like places out there that are, they're really suspect. Yeah. You know, (laughs) you run through all the black belts. To the naked eye. Yeah. To the naked eye, they might, to a new person that doesn't know jujitsu, they might, oh my God, this guy knows a lot. Yeah. Really might be a, Purple belt, yeah, blue belt, even in for sure. Places. Honestly, no, and, and that's going to happen also in like rural areas where there's, there's not that many training out, partners. There's not be like a lot that. of people out there. So I mean, I know, like I've I ran across a few black belts over mats. I'm like, this motherfucker's a black belt. Really? No <laughs> way! I caught this dude fucking the first 20 seconds, and I caught another three times in that round. Yeah. I'm like, where in the book? Because he's getting his black belt. I'm nothing special. Right. So I'm like, yeah, there's no fucking like I don't know about this one. Yeah, but you know, it isn't. It isn't like again, I like I say, it isn't some magic thing that. And they're all created equal. That is the hard part. You know what I mean? That dude, there. honestly, maybe that dude, he could have spent 12 years and got his black belt in 12 years, but maybe he's just not. Yeah. Just not physically gifted. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe he just, that's not his game or like, he's just, he's never had a guy coming at him like you. Like right. some okay. guys, some guys don't like there's black belts that are instructors at big schools that will not roll with their students. Hmm. Now these aren't the ones that we know in social, right. these, you know, the people that are legit, like oh, you yeah. know they're legit because they're yeah. legends they've oh, been competing sure. they're co- they're legendary coaches you know who canudo is yeah okay so he was on the podcast him and carlson were and i didn't really know about him i probably should do a little more research i didn't watch any videos and shit so the next day they taught a seminar at our academy and uh and alex sandoval like my coach like hey make the, he's like make sure you roll with um Canudo. And so I was going and then Canudo comes over to me. He's like, Alex said, you're a pretty good passer. Do you want to go? And I'm like, well, fuck yeah. I want to fucking go, dude. It was stupid. I've never <laughs> felt that helpless in my fucking life. And like from the outside, it looked like I was doing a pretty good job, but he was, t- he tapped me with a wrist lock like five times in a row. And every time he'd get it, he'd look at me and smile. I look at him and smile. We'd nod and then we keep fucking rolling or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I like walk off the mats and, and like, like, dude, you're pretty good. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I'm like, I got tapped like 14 times in that fucking six minute round. <laughs> And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, you didn't even catch the first six fucking wrist locks he was doing to me. It's like, holy so shit, dude. I was like, and it, he wasn't legit. like overpowering me. Wasn't like no. super speed. Next, the next thing I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I was, getting, I was like, yeah. I, I've never tapped that many times in one round in my fucking <laughs> life. I'm like, holy fuck. Oh, man. Oh, he's so fucking good. And, yeah. and that's a dude that 
has 100 students or no 300 students at his at his academy in germany multiple time like european champion world champion i think one time or something like that just fucking like Crazy. holy shit this guy's so good that's what it's like rolling at the highest level oh so stupid I've done it before man you feel helpless it's like i roll with my buddy at, during a seminar he's a he's a top 10 black belt adult yeah I, he just like <laughs> dude i i felt so i was so bummed for like three days after that <laughs> Because, you know, I'm a brown belt. Right. You know, I can hold my own. Yeah. What it was, was he's so precise. Yeah. So I went to like pull guard. He immediately yeah. like wouldn't even, there was no chance I was pulling the guard I wanted. Yeah. They're so not hanging out in that danger. Yeah, yeah they're gone. immediately became like a quick scramble. He passed my guard like that. And then the whole yep. rest of the round, I just had to survive. I, <laughs> I could not get back from side control. He was, just, did, he was basically floating on me, oh. just doing what he wanted. I'm like, oh. Fuck this. Yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah, he's half my age, but still, it's like. That's what I noticed about, that's one of the very first things that I noticed as a white belt. I'm like, I picked up from the black belt. I'm like, dude, you put these guys in danger they're fucking disappearing now yeah like they're exactly. they're escape artists yeah like boom i'm like fuck you don't dude. put yourself in the danger that's no you know I'll, I'll still do it but i'm more cognizant of that now like, you probably do it with lower belts all the time right what's that put yourself in danger you know i have a bad i, I actually have a bad habit of doing that and okay. it's not good for a competition mindset no you know? not for competition because my whole existence i've always liked to Put myself in defense. I don't know if it's because of the way I came up, but I'm always just like testing I think that's people, the best way to learn it. Testing people's offense, but it doesn't. It's not. <laughs> even I find myself I need to be attacking more. Gotcha. To, in, can you can you complacent? Sometimes lazy. I need to just kick some ass, right? Yeah. Where, instead of trying to teach somebody through a roll, or okay. you know what I mean, or letting some. Yeah. If I roll with a white belt, I usually you know will let them try to work of course. over the day yeah, or something. Smash them for fucking six right. that, Now, I do know black belts that do that. They will never give an inch. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you one off the show. You probably okay. can guess who it is. But um, they don't, they don't like, but that's not me. Like, I just, yeah. I, I always, I just think like. In, I like girls choke me. I like kids choke me. I think, like, I, think, I think you should have a little bit. I always try to have a little bit of back and forth. Both people should. And you're probably a good flow roller. Get something out of the roll. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then that means I'm kicking your ass for four minutes. I'll give you a minute at the end to try something. <laughs> I'll lay on my side. Yeah. I did that today. I kicked some dudes ass for like five minutes and there's a minute left. I laid on my side and I let him get inside control and do whatever Go ahead I want work, to do. Yeah, that was it. But you know, it's it's no fun for someone new, especially, or mm. to lay underneath a brown belt's control the entire that sucks. Yeah. And it doesn't do a lot for me. Sometimes maybe if I want to work on something, but right. um, you know, but as you get higher, blues, purples, they can People start giving you challenging rounds, you know, and yeah, it's always it's, somebody asked me the other day, like, who gives you a problem in here? I'm like, a lot of these guys do. Yeah. Not like it's never a cakewalk. You, know, no. you still got to put in the work. And oh, yeah. The thoughtfulness. Well, especially if you're trying to go 50 percent, some way both go 90 <laughs> yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I did that the other day, actually. I was <laughs> I had this guy. I was like, he's I just started. He just started coming into my class. I'm like. He goes, oh, he's going so, and I, I was like, had to change my game. Cause I yeah. was like, 
If not, you'll get hurt. Totally. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah. We're not doing that again. Yeah. Like, block. <laughs> nope. Right. So then I started punishing, but it's like, like why is this dude cramming his fucking I, forehead in my I jaw? Threw a triangle. <laughs> you know what it was? I threw a triangle up. My neck's been hurting right. for, last, for like a month. He stacked you. He stacked me hard. I was like, oh. I got, I was like, nope. Instantly pissed off, right? I, like, yeah, oh, you motherfucker. And I yeah. never get that way yeah. anymore. But this one, I was like, yeah. the one thing I didn't want is my neck to get hurt today. <laughs> I had a triangle. I locked him up. I was like trying to make him. You know, I was trying to like see if he knew some defense. Well, his defense was just <laughs> and just smashed me out. Hulk smash. <laughs> so I got out of there and made him punish with a few other. Oh, I would have too. Yeah. But um, anytime someone does something stupid like that to me, I'm like, you fucking asshole. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm like, well, I usually warn him. I'm like, you fucking do that again. I'm going to turn it up the rest of the fucking round. I'm like, I'm trying to be fucking nice. Dude, stop doing that. <laughs> like, put your fucking knee in my Achilles. Your fucking knee on my bicep. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Dude? We're here training. We're training partners. Yeah. Did I tell you what happened to me right for pants? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I did. So uh, one of our other purple belts, six three, six four, fights it at like it's super or whatnot. Like, but he has a, he has like a, a little guy's game, spinny, daily heel, like crazy. Like he doesn't have a big guy's game. Well, I always say jujitsu guys are fucking horrible drillers. Like horrible, the worst. Like chill yeah. the fuck out. Like like when I teach class, I give like a little five minute spiel on this is what it is to be a good drill partner because you guys fucking suck at drilling so I, I go through this whole thing well anyway it's i'm getting on a flight the next day to go to fucking florida to fight and what is he um, we're drilling what does he do he fucking splits my lip i'm like bro <laughs> chill out we're fucking drilling like, right you're gonna get it i'm giving you 20 percent effort like i'm putting my hand where it needs to be stuff like that he's like sorry dude sorry sorry dude the next fucking thing he does he dots my fucking eye with his knee Big oh, guy. Man. He closed my eye. I, I immediately started gushing blood out my fucking nose. Looked down at the mat, pile of fucking. I thought he split my eye. I'm like, dude, oh, if I gotta get stitches, I can't fuck I'm gonna kill you. So luckily, uh, I was able, like, it swelled up a little bit, like halfway, got black and blue, but it was totally fine. Went, didn't argue work out in the morning before I was getting on a plane just to make sure like I wasn't too fucked up. Yeah. And in and workout was fine. The only thing that happened in my first match, I took a shot on a guy in the first two seconds, bang, hit it, uh, take him down. But my nose is bleeding. I know it. So I stopped after I scored my points yeah. for, for like for side control and went, that's it. And then they, you know, like, yeah, so it, that was me. I was like, Hey dude, my nose is bleeding. But yeah, that's where fucking, that was the worst dude. Like, Oh, I fucking hate that one guys. Like you gotta communicate more. Yeah. Just, just take control and communicate, you know, and, and literally you have to look him in the eye and say, look, because I've had that experience too. You know, I, I had a guy within the last six months, <laughs> big, big, strong dude. Yeah. It was like, uh, you know, let's go, let's go a little bit light here. And he just like, he, let's just say he blasted into like a beautiful fireman's carry and slammed the shit out of me. Yeah. That's light. I couldn't fault him, but I'm like, bro. Yeah. We said we're going to go light. I, I, that was my warm up. Yeah. That felt light to me. How did it feel to you? Not that's fucking like light. First thing I did all day. <laughs> fucking does that to you but, yeah you know, it's just yeah you try to you try to i try to tell uh, my students you know when the rounds when it's time to do some rolls and get some live rounds in you don't always have to go 100 percent. No. like don't go balls to the wall all the time like some of the people that i see growing the most slow it down a little bit they're either talking with their partner through the move or doing some flow roll flow roll is i like the flow roll dude. it's amazing dude. it's it's not easy to do okay yeah. first of all two people both have to know what the fuck exactly. they're doing <laughs> it can get really ugly but i, I I'll, I'll start some of my classes out with a flow roll as a warm-up because it makes them think it, it's a really hard mental exercise so 
Yeah. No, we're just, we're just and, seeing. So it's it's mentally tough too the flow role because you have to think okay I'm letting this person do a little and in, in the live role so I think it's like I think it's an underutilized training tool you go I go yeah, exactly. I, I go to training tool it's a dance we're doing a fucking dance like, if you have a partner Wes was like this with me when we trained together we were both purple belts at the time we would do some flows and I was like I, it was like some of the most beautiful jujitsu mm-hmm, felt for sure absolutely it's not just playing this yeah. you know you're literally play. flowing through yeah yeah. Through we're making it look very artful as much as you know mm-hmm. obviously we're purple belts so it's not she just have a video on her yeah exactly. <laughs> like that was an art no, no, no. but it felt that way so yeah it's all it doesn't that's what matters and you know when like you start rolling with someone that can actually flow or like you know like all right this guy gets it yeah, this yeah. girl gets it and actually i tell them, like alex is like all the time like the people i like to drill with and the people i like to flow with the most are, are females yeah because they're not, they don't muscle anything. Everything's no. technique. And, if, and you do, you have to. Yeah. And if you know how to be light, they love you because yeah, they're exactly. like, most guys are trying to fucking smash their head off. Yeah. I'm like, so if they're, yeah, women are so much more technical. Even when I, when I watch jujitsu, I like watching the females because they are so much more technical. Like yeah. the, pur- the little purples, dude, those yeah. chicks are technical. Oh yeah. Fuck, like, it's amazing. Fuck that girl's good. So yeah. good. No. Yeah. And <laughs> That's how you have to be too when you're training with, you know, pretty much anyone smaller. If you're a big person, I I think that you should be, you know, you should be lightening the load a little bit, and that's your opportunity to be technical. Yeah, we if understand. There's ever a time to be technical. It's when you're going against a much lighter person. Absolutely, it doesn't have to be a female. It could be a much lighter male. Yep. You know, it's like if you're 220 pounds and you got a little featherweight there, you know, it's like it's not time to smash. It, yeah, you move around them. <laughs> now's your time to to show off your, you know, what athleticism you do have and what quickness you have, you know, it's like, but that slows, that helps you become more technical. I don't think 200 pounds sounds like a lot to us because we've been 200 pounds for a really long fucking time or close to it forever. But I think to the normal person, 200 pounds, like you guys are fucking big. I'm like, I'm not big. 270 is big. That guy's big. Right. Yeah. Yeah, You're big to a hundred pound. For sure. Yeah. Or even a guy that's like 160 pounds. Like, yeah. And and then, yeah, you're like 40 pounds. pounds. Yeah. 40, 50 pounds. Like I don't like the guys I go the hardest with are the 250, 260, 270. Cause I have to, cause they'll fucking hurt me. Yeah, they will. And especially like the wider blue belts, especially when I come back from a tournament, I stopped going. This is the first time I did. I didn't go to the gym for a week after a fucking big tournament, (laughs) because every time I go back from a big tournament, they try and murder me for like the first three days. (laughs) When I come back, I'm like, I got to stop doing that. They're like, why the world fucking kill me? I just got back from a tournament. Like, it's crazy. But I think that's that. That's it's same thing with you. You're a brown belt. Like, that's the metric stake. If I can get this on Paul, if I can get this on Brandon. Easier. Everyone's a target, especially purple belt. You're you're a pretty big target. Yeah, it's like <laughs> for sure. Sometimes they don't even want to mess with the brown belt or the black belt. But like purple belts, like blue belts, love to. Oh yeah, they're trying to murder. Oh yeah, and you know it's it's it, and it, and that's another tricky thing. It's like it's okay to tap. Went to a lower belt. If you're fucking older, tap early and often. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I probably ain't too much yeah. that some badass yeah. purple belt. I'm not. Right. Gonna, I'm not gonna break my arm. Tap. Go ahead. If fucking when I say older, I mean thirty or fucking older. Exactly. Yeah, not not four year old. Fucking thirty or older. You, your jujitsu career will be extended quite a, quite a bit. Yeah, just have fun with it. That's my message. That's what I try to tell with too. Like, just have fun, dude. Like, yeah. none of this shit's a big deal. No one's getting paid. Like, nah. it's fucking like, just go out there and have fun. Just do better last. Because we have a lot of guys. I have a lot of guys that come to me like, dude, like I get super fucking anxious with competition. Like I watch you and you fucking see 
fucking cool advice. I'm like, you ever seen the duck on a pond? Like, I still have anxiety, not anxiety, but I still have, you know, I'm still nervous and my shit gets amped and stuff like that. I'm like, but you, just, you figure out how to control. I'm like, the only way to get better at competing is fucking doing it. Because it's not normal, dude. Yeah. Like, you had a lot of experience coming in with that, those nerves, but it, you still have, I think the most successful competitors, obviously, are ones doing it all the time. You, yeah. get, you get into the mode, you know, you're getting into it. Not a big deal. Yeah. Or you, you know, you've been here before. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the biggest or the most nervous I was for any tournament was the Phoenix Open uh, last year because I was like dedicated to my mom or whatever, dude. And yeah. I was in the fucking zone that yeah, day. Yeah. I like, I, even my coach came up to me. He's like, <laughs> Or I said, I'm not getting fucking touched today. I said, I don't give a fuck who it is. I'm like, no one's fucking touching me, dude. And even when I when I fought that ultra heavy yeah, in the open, or, I was like, fight. I was like so fucking mad at that guy. I'm like, don't you fucking quit. Like, let me <laughs> fucking finish this match. I I think I was just fucking pacing back and forth to like yeah. get the fuck up. Like he, he, he didn't have a chance in that. I was, dude, I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was definitely operating on on a different level that day. Like to go, yeah, that was a lot of matches too that day. But it's yeah, and that's the thing, like about jujitsu I love, like even though we're from different academies it's a small community i think if you're like one of the active guys or like one of the higher belts that actually coaches and teaches and stuff like that but it's pretty fucking tight like i feel like like i, I screw we have a handshake for 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 carlson grease so i fucked up the other day and i did it to gillette he's like what the fuck was that i'm like ah oh, fuck dude <laughs> but like my coach has, has coached one of matt's students who's a good friend of mine wrestler buddy yeah. at tournaments when matt couldn't be there and cool. and that's a and that's a, like even with you like i go into Gustavo to open mats and train and stuff like that sometimes like I feel like the bond from gym to gym to gym is better than anything I've ever seen like even in wrestling like wrestling it's a lot more common to go into other rooms and wrestle I know in jiu-jitsu back in the day that was like dude you don't fucking yeah, do that no. you kicked out of your gym for that kind of shit yeah and now it's, it's like changed. so much more yeah so much more like that and I just appreciate guys like Matt and guys like you it's like yeah. you guys are wanting to share things because Matt shares things too and, and make everybody better and that's the community I like because yeah yeah it is kind of a douchebag filter a little bit I mean, like you, you can still get the like the shivered in there, but you can't c come into a gym and be an asshole. No, because you get fucking handled by just they'll be lining up to handle your ass. Well, right? you're, the gyms you're referring to. Yeah, yeah, for sure, right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like you like, know, ones that are respected. You know, mm -hmm. you know, with a good core. <laughs> I think, you know, it's the personalities. It just so happens that the current personalities at all in, in jiu-jitsu in Arizona all have melded and meshed to where they can cross-train. I was yep. here to see it, you know. Oh, yeah. That'd even be when cool I started, too. even when I started, there wasn't a lot of no one went to like other people's open mats. Yeah. My coach was very skeptical at first. I think I was one of the ones yeah. when I first started doing it. He was like very skeptical at first. He, and he was more concerned about me, about me getting hurt and stuff like that. But yeah. I was trying to tell him like, dude, everybody's super fucking cool. Like yeah. no one's trying to rip your fucking head off. And you know what? If you were at a place where they weren't, you, would, you wouldn't go there. No, fuck no. Yeah. So yeah. there's probably, you, maybe you haven't experienced it, but maybe there's a place you wouldn't vibe with. But yeah, most, you know, but most of the good gyms, you're probably going to, if you're respectful, if you're not a douchebag, if you're friendly, if you're like stuff like that, yeah. like it, and even, even the other places where I've rolled with, like, like I got to roll with Gustavo and I got to roll with some of these black belts that like own that place. Like, I think there's a certain level of respect you give those guys. Like I would never try and smash any of those guys. Like, even if I had the ability to score, I'm like, no fucking way. Like I, that guy has too much time. Like, like yeah. in this game to, to to be that way to him, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't. It's a great community, and I, I just see more and more people falling in love with it, and uh, I'm just stoked to be a part of it in a couple different ways. So. Yeah. So what's kind of next for you? Just keep doing the uh, apparel stuff, keep coaching, keep doing stuff like that. And then obviously your black belt. Yeah. 
I can't imagine it can be that much fun that way. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about yeah. that. Yeah. Can't you can't ask about it. Talk about that. Yeah, for sure. But um, I'm, I'm just doing as much as I can to learn as much and be respected in my gym. And, um, you know, that's basically it. I'll get it when I'm deserved, when, when I'm deserved, you know? Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm glad that I'm in a school that it's not easy to get one. So, and they're held, held in high regards. So, yeah. And that means a lot to me as it should be. Right. Yeah. So, um, that's all. And that's just me. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's only my own journey and it is what it is. You know, I just want to be respected and keep having, I, I know, I know a lot, but it's yeah. nothing compared to what I'm going to know in 10 years. For sure. Nothing. Yeah. Like as long as I stay on this path, which I do, I love it. I love to, I just like the learning experience of it and sharing the knowledge. I love the, I think that's why jujitsu is so successful. It's a place where these, you're, you and your pals can go and share knowledge. Yeah. We don't have that in society pretty much anywhere else. And we're a little weird, dude. Like, yeah. like some people do that in book clubs and people do it. Like, True. Like, True. like it takes a certain type of person, male or, or female 100%. to want to go in there and get your, you get your ass beat like all the time. Builder. Yeah, it is dude. Like, cause you're going to get like, I don't give a fuck how good you are. Yeah. You're going to get caught. hundred percent. Always. It's going to be a difficult, yeah. it's difficult for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Like you're going to, it's never been an easy path. To <laughs> no. It, even when you're a black belt, like there's going to be a, a younger purple belt or, or yeah. something like that, that they're going to give you more more than you want or something like that very few guys you know go on skate canudo when he handles a check yeah it's it's about checking your ego and people with uh those big egos they don't last very long Mm -hmm. honestly they'll they'll come i've seen them i've seen them come and go (laughs) i've seen scary looking dudes never show up again no thanks um yeah, man. If you guys, if you want to support me, go to rollunion.com. That's my, uh, that's my current project I'm working on and, uh, support me there. We, uh, you know, I'm trying to like support some local athletes here and make a name for ourselves. We're a couple of years old and, um, I figured having a business within the thing I love to do. Jiu-jitsu is a good way to get through life. So um, that's where I'll be is training and teaching jiu-jitsu and I'll be at pretty much all the local competitions. I sponsor some of those. So, and uh, some of your athletes are, they're, they're high level competitors. I bought a, a gi and some stuff off Paul. Good shit. Where like a matter of fact, it's, that was, that was surprisingly one of the better gis that I have. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I like We're working gi. on it. We're making I, my latest releases are probably our best ones. And, um, I just, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's super rewarding. You know, yeah. I, I, I didn't even talk about the graphic design passion that I have that, you know, came several years ago, but that's kind of where I'm at now. I design all my own, uh, I design the apparel and it's really what I love. It's so cool seeing an athlete come out and wearing my stuff and win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, especially, you know, in the bigger tournaments, you know, you get somebody up on one of the podiums and it's like, okay, there's some yeah. recognition and it is, it's somewhat, it's basically, I love the recognition for the company, but you know, I enjoy the journey with like the people I support for sure. I only work with like, I have a lot of people that want me to sponsor them. Right. I'm sure. But you know, everybody wants free shit, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's certain types of people that I'll work with, yeah. you know? So, um, I, I just like supporting young, you know, young athletes, seeing what they can do. It's, 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 it's kind of a win-win situation. It's fun to share those moments. <laughs> As you know, you know, it's like your teammate, you know, yeah. you're helping coach your teammate or you're cheering for your teammate to win at Worlds. It's amazing to see them do good. Same, Absolutely thing, same thing. It's just a different relationship within jujitsu yep. I have as as basically a business owner and sponsoring some some local athletes. But yeah, man, 
Um, you, are you, you going to jump back on the competition uh, route anytime soon? I, I definitely want to test myself. So that's about as far as I can say right now. All right. Well, so, yeah. So <laughs> that's a yes. Yeah. 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 I got to find the right, uh, you know, I, I pay a lot of respect to competition and I, I need to get my training up, get into You're probably like me. Like, you don't want to compete unless everything is down. I think I won't compete. Because you know what? The people that are competing there at those levels, they are doing the things that they need to do. Even the old dudes. Yes. They don't don't get at the top of the board at Master 3, 4 without putting in work as like yourself last year. Having an amazing year when you worked your ass off. That's very admirable. But I think that's the level it needs to... For me to do competitions regularly, I need to give it that respect. And all that means is I got to change my life up. I got to yeah. make a commitment. I got to get it done. You know, part of it with me is I've been such so busy with running businesses, teaching. I have a lot. I'm, I My podcast, I mean, yeah. it's almost too much. Oh, yeah. It's finding, been a lot of plates. Finding time to do <laughs> yeah. a tournament and give it the respect it deserves with the increased training load, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the focus on the diet. Well, the family suffers too because I don't care what everybody says. It's a selfish endeavor. Totally. You know? Now, and, but I do, I do appreciate it and I do, I, I, you will see me compete again. Sweet. I just don't know. When. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait because I'll definitely be there to watch it. 100%. All right. So at Rural Union, right? Yeah. At Rural Union. Check it out. Find Paul there and, uh, you can find this podcast anywhere you can find a shitty podcast i think we're up to like 11 or 12 downloads or whatever but uh i've been looking forward to this one for a long time man we we, we had talked about this for practice six months so yes. finally finally got him in the room outside of that um chris will be back and we'll talk to you guys soon thanks thank you Today's episode is brought to you by Reef Builders, winner of Best of Howes, five years running. Reef Builders is a Tempe, Arizona-based, full-service design-build construction company. What's a design-build company? It means you deal with one company for everything. Reef Builders is able to take your vision and bring it to life by drawing your plans, producing photorealistic, high-resolution 3D renderings of your kitchen, baths, and more, helping you design and pick your finishes, and finally, executing that vision. With their years of building experience and a superior client experience using tools such as online project management software through their client portal that allows you to see your renovation in real time. Whether you're in town, on vacation, or living in another state, you have access to job progress photos, your build schedule, financials, and much more anywhere in the world. So if you're looking for a complete bath or kitchen renovation, a complete home renovation, a custom home designed and built, or a boutique commercial project built out, Reef Builders can deliver it. Reef Builders. Your vision, their experience delivered.